If you're a normal, hardworking, everyday American and find your shits are only rated one star, well, let me tell you how to up your game to a five-star shit. Autron Tills, the answer for you. Feel free to skip this ad if you want, but you won't be skipping the bathroom if you do. We're just telling you how our guts cope with the abuse we hand them on a daily basis. You've heard Dr. Brown and Eric Rieger talk about five-star shits on this show, so let's talk about Autron Till. Autron Till is created by Dr. Brown as an easy hack for a healthy gut. It's the only over-the-counter product proven to stop bloating and symptoms associated with IBS. These are all natural polyphenols and non-GMO. Anyone suffering should try the 630 plan. What is the 630 plan, you might ask? That's six capsules a day for 30 days. And if you're not having five-star shits by the end of 30 days, you can get your money back. Click in the show notes and enjoy a minimum of 15% off. Or go to autrontil.com and use the keyword Whiskey Bros at checkout. to the show welcome you are it went all yoda there yoda <laughs> backwards talk welcome to the show backwards uh episode 67 it's a yeah. good one tonight with our friends matt and oh, yeah. sean pleasure being here oh, nice. <laughs> we're excited <laughs> yeah buddy so which one is matt and which one is sean Raise your hand if you're Matt. Matt's here, and there's a goat <laughs> looking at me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> or is he? Looks a little scared. <laughs> That's the, sure. The old dude. Yeah. That, that goat has a story he wants to tell me about Chance. Talking about Ahmed over there. Oh, man. Yeah. But Doc, Doc's got his tongue. Bro, let, let me <laughs> yeah. tell you something. You don't want to hear those here. stories that that goat <laughs> has to talk to you about Chance. <laughs> I'm, petty, I'm petting my goat. <laughs> that goat's yep. seen some shit, I bet. He has seen some <sighs> shit. Oh, Ahmed. I'm feeling pretty good. You guys had a hopefully a really nice steak dinner. Ooh, that was good. Y'all doing okay? It was good. Yeah. The host tried to poison me with shellfish, though. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I did, you know, right. give you a fair amount of warning. It said, "Hey, we're having steak, shrimp, and crab. Ten mm. pounds of red meat no and bullshit. ten pounds of red meat. Half a cow. And if you wanted a salad, we had grass grilled. You had that out there. <laughs> There's enough grass in the cow. It'd be fine. Yeah, right. I mean, the cow is eating salad. Yeah, you eat the cow. That's how it works. You had a salad. You are what you eat. You yeah. are what you eat. Is that true, Doc? Yeah, it's true. If cow eats a grass, then we shouldn't need salad. <sighs> what if you eat? Yeah, a it's lot complicated. Of- but <laughs> but basically, it comes down to your source of omega threes and omega sixes. Mm. Because we do need some polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are omega sixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do need linoleic acid for in, for instance, but. Uh, do we eat enough meat to get that? That's up for debate. I think I we do. I, if you're telling me I need to eat more meat, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Okay. Yep. All I heard was Done. fatty ass. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I got excited. Everyone needs more. <laughs> Everybody needs some more fatty ass. Well, welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you all here. Uh, thanks for joining us. I've known you for <clears throat> fucking four, four years now. Four, or five, something six. Something along those lines. Seems like a lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time does go fast. Wh- Sean. When, when did you and your beautiful wife get together? Oh, 20, well, unofficially. Oh, you have to think about this. <laughs> no, yeah, I, but I, you I don't. You stalled too long, man. Unofficially uh, at the tail end of 2018. Officially 
early 2019. I thought all you had was pre-COVID and post-COVID. Pre-COVID then. We got yeah. together pre-COVID before the world turned into a psychopath. Yeah. So yeah, 29. So yeah, we've, I'd say we've known you four years and through that, uh, through her father, Dave, and he rest in peace. Yes. RIP. Yep. We got to know you. Oh yeah. So another thing starting out, you guys are also part of the dead dad's club. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Once again, you're the wow. asshole. Yeah. still got his dad. That's so. it. What an Dude, ass. I need me some homies here. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, you need to invite some people that still have fathers. <laughs> or we can just I knew change Chance's it. wife when she was in high school, actually junior high. Yeah, wow. didn't you say uh either you had a crush on her, or she had a crush on you? I gotta keep my eye out for Yeah, me. you better keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah, no, but we used to give her dad all kinds of grief because she is a very attractive woman and yeah. her father was not an attractive <laughs> man. <laughs> you know what they say, right? The ugly ones produce a beautiful one so the the, the joke yeah. around the office constantly was the milkman mm. <laughs> nowadays it would be upgraded to the amazon you know yeah. I, amazon, prime the amazon prime guy I, I might have that problem in my house you know the amazon guy comes to my house like 15 times a day you're not seeing the packages yeah i'm not seeing the package <laughs> someone is but not you not me yeah <laughs> somebody's unwrapping that package and it's not me God, I could take that one, but go down some racial path. Oh, you so can take I'm that package? Not You're not yeah. racist. Oh, that one. <laughs> I'm not racist. I'm so there's four different directions of whatever we're just going yeah, into. I right know. Now. I know. Um, but yeah, good old Dave. It, when you hear his daughter talk in the mouth on her, my wife. Then you're like, yeah, this is yeah, Dave's yeah, daughter. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, hundred mm-hmm. percent his daughter. <laughs> yep. What that new Joyzy comes out? N- no, nope, not even close. <laughs> what is it? Not even close. Go back a little further west. Chicago, Chicago. There Either you, way, it all sounds <laughs> Yankee to me, right? <laughs> That's what I tell her. I'm like, you're a damn Yankee. She's like, I'm a, I'm a Hoosier from Indiana. I'm like, you're from above Dude. the Red River. You're a Dude. damn Yankee. <laughs> what a. <laughs> now, what if you a- want New Jersey, Sean's your man over here. Oh, really? Oh, shit. See, we already started. Is that you? I didn't you hear You offended it. somebody, and it's not even five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long have you been in Texas? I don't know why there's such this uh, misinterpretation of the accent out of the East Coast. Dude, I hear the accent now. You like, you say something, now I hear the accent. Yeah, it's water. 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 Yeah, water. Give me that water. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> we have a for Johnny B, our friend Johnny B, is, he's, as Heath would say, he's... His heritage is Vietnamese. Yeah, I don't, I think Vietnamese. He, I don't know what, what he really. But is. when he says water, yeah, that's how he says water. That water. Now I can't even say water because like, he says water. Yeah, but the he's water. South Carolinian, right? Like he's a huh. redneck. Vietnamese. I believe that's where he lives. Yeah. Oh, does he listen to us? Have you asked him if he listens? I have not. You should. We're going to quiz him on yep. that. So tell us a little about about yourselves and how you two know mm. each other. You know, funny enough, Matt and I met at a bar. Mm. Oh, yeah. one of those yeah. nights. Uh, straight bar or gay bar? Rain- Rainbow room? <laughs> I couldn't remember, man. Rainbow room? It was one of them nights. But. <laughs> We've all had those nights. I mean, Hey, the, the pickup line I used on him is I walked up and said, can I push your stool in? Yep. <laughs> That's all it took, huh? <laughs> Why do I get the sense that that actually happened? I obliged. <laughs> Friends ever since. Our buddy Garrett went to uh, a gay bar in Dallas, and his justification was... It's got the, the best, best, uh, chicken, the best sandwich. chicken sandwich in the whole Metroplex. I'm like, hmm. you went to a gay bar for, yeah, you didn't uh-huh. go to the gay bar for yeah. a chicken sandwich. So. See, I sort of believed it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Not even for a second. He, really. went, he went for the free drinks. I, I figured you could get a lot of chicken sandwiches in a lot of places that aren't 
gay. I mean, but <laughs> when you're searching for the best one. I mean, no disrespect to gay people, right? They gotta, like I said, they gotta for 30 seconds, too, and about like second 29, I was like, no. <laughs> Wait went, a minute. He went Wait for the D. Yep. Yeah. He went maybe with the chicken sandwich was a side of pickle. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what, yeah. The, the yeah, right? Pickled chicken it's, sandwich. Yeah. You were just telling me about a place called the Hidden Pickle or something like Sneaky that, right? Sneaky Pickle. Sneaky Pickle. Oh, Shout man. Out. That's definitely a euphemism. Yeah. That's in New Orleans? Yeah, New oh, Orleans, yeah. down in the by water. Dude, we could have a whole episode just talking about the food in New Orleans. Yeah. God, man, we could talk about that place I think for that is eternity. the uh, food capital of the U.S. It is the food, uh, food mecca of U.S. Uh, for sure. Uh, Chicago and Houston are both pretty nice, too, but Man, the I don't know the flavors you get in New Orleans, like all that sweat and humidity and oh, yeah. body odor and salt. It just oh no, all of a sudden it doesn't sound good. <laughs> it's the best yeah. Little the Bourbon Street gumbo. Yeah, I mean they don't call it swamp for nothing. <laughs> they, they don't, <laughs> man. They don't. All right, so y'all met in a bar. Yeah, we met in a bar. Okay. I think it was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. Plot. Yeah, I don't remember oh. how I showed up to that bar, but he was already there with some friends, and uh, we had a common. Buddy of ours in the business, a re- realtor friend of ours. Yeah. And uh, Matt was already flipping some houses in town, and as was I. Um, and we just hit it off. We had common denominator, which we're both stupid. So stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> Amen. So, so y'all were like co-flippers. Pretty much. Yeah. In, yeah. A, in, a, in a sense, yeah. Matt had his portfolio, and I had mine. And we started, uh, we had an opportunity to come up around the TCU area in uh, Fort Worth and we needed to raise some funds. So we partnered up and uh, hit it off ever since. TCU. Okay. What year was this? 2017. Yeah. 2017. Oh, okay. yeah, 2017 is when we really started working together. I think we met in 2015. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, Had that I, I kind of kept, so. kept tabs on him. Cause when I met him, he had this like, Oh man, funky ponytail thing, and he looked like a clown. I had a, and I had uh, a man bun, man. Nobody told me that. Oh uh, you no! Man, does your hair does like oh, you no. have a frizzy hairstyle? Oh, Can no. you even uh, pull a man bun off? It was awful, man. I've got an like African American a... hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> My hair is literally waterproof. Yeah, um, he looked like doofus. So, <laughs> in order to get it to be a man bun, I had to put the African American relaxer in it, and it went pin straight. Yeah, and I had it like down past my chin. Had it back because I'm stupid. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, we all go through those phases. I, I right? rode it for sure. a while. It was a bad look, but nobody told me. I Did you give a, ro- a robot a blowjob at the time? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Some inside humor on in a past episode. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. Should've. Okay. So is it like like TV flipping houses? It can be. It okay. can be. Yeah. TV is a lot of glitz and glam. Yeah, you what you don't all, see you on the highlights. Yeah, what you don't see on the TV is the frustration, the horrible shit that can go down. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Unlike the things that are hidden behind the walls that you don't really know. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Like you sent bodies. Me a, yeah, that too. You sent me a video of all the. You know, you think when you put pecs in a house, you're done. Like oh, yeah. That shit's there for a last li- uh-huh. a lifetime, unless rats love that shit. Yeah, that's yeah. what he sent. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. rats love pecs. Too bad. Rats, uh, they could do a number on your property with mm-hmm. X, but there's new technology now that uh, they've embedded like some sort of wire mesh in the PEX. It's, I forget what it's really? like, PEX 2.8 or something, and they embed it in there. That way the the rats can't chew through it all the way. Pretty wow. interesting. But it wow. costs a little more, but hey, it'll save you in the long run. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be smarter to put that wire mesh on the outside of the PEX? So I think it's, it it, it's 
It's a sleeve. It's what a sleeve. I remember, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a sleeve okay, that yeah. you put over it. They um the, the idea though is when when you're at that stage in development, you you put put it in the walls and then you close the walls as soon as possible so the rats can't get to it. But in some situations you're, you know, you have circumstances that prevent you from doing yeah. that immediately. And uh, depending on the time of year, when we're going into the winter years, we get usually get an invasion of, of mice and rats. Um, looking for warmth. Mm-hmm. Looking for warmth, and that's usually when it happens. They'll come in, and, and they'll chew on them. Yeah. Well, they'll make their way in anyway, even if your house is bulletproof. Yeah, they're still coming in. They find ways to get in. They'll yeah. chew. Th- I've seen rats chew through, like, three-quarter-inch wood, plywood. Put a perfect hole like the cartoons. Just because they want in. They, they're they seeking in. that warmth and that yeah. shelter. Maybe not just warmth and shelter, but even food and stuff. Yeah. We've had houses infested with tenants that just have no clue. Wow. Like, yeah. like they leave the dog food open. They don't give a shit. So I'm just now in. gathering. Y'all flip houses for a living. We, we don't flip them. We don't flip them anymore, really. We okay. To, we, don't, we don't flip them. We buy them. We keep them as... As rental properties. They're, they're so, very much wow. multifaceted. So Matt, uh, thankfully, wow. over the years has really been quite an a, an advisory uh, and counsel for mm-hmm. me to talk to and, and make good decisions with money. So that's what we're going to we're going to talk about some tonight is um, real estate investing, just like smart decisions with your money, because if you're me, you can make fucking stupid decisions with your money and yeah. you need you need that voice. You need somebody that's disciplined that has been through it and that can say it's a fucking stupid decision. Don't do it. Or you're a grown man, you can make that decision and learn the hard way from your mistakes mm-hmm. or you can listen to somebody that has the knowledge and and the discipline and make good choices. Man, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so 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 the grandmother question of them all, right? Is there money in real estate? Oh yeah. Tons of money if you know how to find it. Real, Real estate's how do you not get raped by the tax man? <laughs> well, that, that's, you know? that, well, it, you don't flip. Yeah, that's, that's how you don't okay. get screwed by okay. the tax man. You don't flip. Don't flip. Yeah, you, you, flipping's you great and all, but yeah, man, you'll feel it on the backside when it's time to yeah. pay Uncle capital, Sam. Good old capital Ooh. gains. Every every transaction that happens, there's a tax that's due. A- HGTV really back to HGTV. Y'all brought that up a little bit ago. It's yeah. really yeah. kind of screwed up this this area of the market, okay? Cuz everybody everybody watches all these shows. There's flip this house, flip yeah. that house. I love flipping houses and they want to go do it. All yeah. those they want to go do it and what that's opened up is the the wholesale market. So you got wholesalers out there marketing specifically to these first-time flippers. Um and it's just really driven the prices up beyond a, a point that makes sense. Wow. So but back to your question, how do you not get raped by the tax man? You, you don't flip. Okay? okay. If you flip a house, there's a couple, couple things with flipping a house. Um, everybody likes income, right? Yeah. As soon, as soon and everybody likes to have a job. Or Can't ever jobs, have jobs. Not everybody. But, yeah. So when you're flipping a house, as soon as you're done and you sell it, you're unemployed, right? You're, wow. You're, you're, sure. without, you're without income. Yeah. Okay. Not only are you without income, but Uncle Sam's going to take short-term capital gain uh, out of out of that transaction. Yeah. Um, so it it hurts. It hurts. Some so. people seem to get around the loophole yeah. by um, making that their primary. Like they'll they'll rehab it, they'll flip it, but they'll live in it for two years, and then you can get that boosted threshold of either two hundred and fifty thousand or um, five hundred thousand per couples. But if you don't live in it for two years, and you're absolutely subject to those capital gains. But then you're doing one house every two years. Yeah, yeah. and that's not a lot. That's not, that's that's not, not a business. Productive. Yeah, exactly. That's not a viable business. Right, that, that, yeah. That's a viable hobby. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like a mom. And yeah, dog. but if but if, but if you and your wife divorced, like you could each have a house, and then you double your production. <laughs> An interesting theory. That's a really interesting theory. Yeah, you could if you've got a <laughs> wife with a good head on her shoulders. Yeah, Which, one that doesn't hate your fucking guts after yeah. you divorce. Or you oh, could get okay. a divorce and be with zero houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I know a guy who's gotten got a divorce and gave his wife a free house. And it was generating income, and she fucking screwed the pooch on that one and sold it. Ooh. She was living for free. That's what the late, great Willie... No, he's not late. Willie Nelson's still alive. So the great Willie Nelson once said, instead of getting married again, I'm going to find a chick I don't like and buy her a house. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Anyways, uh, back to it. So do you think that that whole HGTV... Um, Discovery, all the. Do you think they're part of the reason we have housing prices the way we do? No. Or do you think it's just no, a natural no, course of appreciation and inflation in markets? Yeah, housing prices the way they are right now is a basic um, supply and demand issue, right? Yeah. Um, one of the problems we have with with housing prices right now is regulatory. Okay, home builders are backed up. They could sell as many homes as they could build. Yeah. The problem is timeline to to take raw dirt. And develop a, a, a buildable lot. Okay, the regu- regulatory cost of construction these days of development is about thirty-three to thirty-eight percent of the total cost of a house. So, if you really want to get a, get affordability back in the housing market, one thing we have to do is we got to roll back some of these regulations. Right, the regulations are over the top. Uh, you got net zero runoff. Um, you, Okay, so you're, you're going to have to treat us like we're dummies. Net zero. Treat us like we're dummies. A developer that's going to go in and put, put in a, a project in a municipal area, if it's subject to net zero runoff, basically what they have to be able to do is retain every drop of rain that falls on that property on the property. They can wow. have no, no runoff. Mm. Okay, so that doesn't sound like that big that's of a that, deal, that, right? I know, but it's not realistic. Right. If we d- dig a big pond, it all runs yeah. in the pond. Well, on cost money to build, but not only that, but then you have to have these very expensive um, hydrology studies done. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I've seen municipalities come in and tell you you got to do a hydrology study, and it's got to be one mile up this creek. You get it done, and then they come back like, "No, nah, you got now. You got We need a mile downstream too." Right? Mm-hmm. So wow. that, that's why the the regulatory cost of these things just. No balls. They come in and blindside you with more reg, and you can't do a damn thing about you it. Can't do, you can't at, do anything about it. You're at their mercy. Because you want to get your pro- – you're, you're spending money. You're bleeding money, essentially, and you want to get your project done. So, of course, you're just – you're going to have to bend over and take it, for lack wow, of a better tough. term. So that's one source your, of inflation, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I would say, what would you say, up to 16% or up to 33%? 30, 33 to 38%. That's a huge chunk. Regular, regular, regulatory compliance cost. Right. That's yeah. huge. That's a third. Well, and then yeah. you're on their timeline too, which yeah. grow your project big time. We've got a, we're in a partnership in an RV park in Boyd that we're looking to develop. And the guys brought us on because they were having tons of issues. And one of the issues was that they were trying to get this acceleration deceleration lane passed by TexDOT. And right as they started the application process, COVID happened. Mm. So that pushed it two years immediately because nobody was working and everybody was shitting themselves. And then after that two-year span came up, they're like, well, you know, that deceleration lane that we asked for, it's actually been extended by 1,000 feet. So you're going to have to come up with all new plans and resubmit and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, 1,000 feet? Wow. Whatever yeah. it was, it was something like that. So, so typically they're what, 800 feet? 
The, the construction co- original estimate of construction costs on this decellerization lane was four hundred thousand um, dollars. After after we submitted all the documentation, all the engineering for TxDOT approval, they came back and said, "No, we want it redone," and the price jumped to eight hundred thousand, so it doubled. Yeah, and that that's that's before we move any dirt. That's just yeah. engineering. The, the cost yeah. to have access to the property. Yes. <laughs> who who are they? Is that the the municipality? Is that the, text the city? That's TxDOT? Texas Department of Planning. It's a regulatory authority. Yes. Right, regulatory. So but it, it's, it depends on, it's going to vary depending on where you're at. If you're building in Fort Worth, you got to deal with the city. You also got to deal with the county and their state regulations. So when you start talking about septic systems and things of like that, uh-huh. it, it, it depends on the flow, the size of the system of who, which they you have to deal with. Wow. So they're coming at you from every directions, multiple there's Multiple a bunch agents. of they's, yeah. not just yeah. the new pronouns everybody's going by. Yeah, I should say, <laughs> is that, they is there, how many thems are there? <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So okay. there's that. There's the regulatory. And then, I guess, from our perspective, you see big fucking cash buyers come in from other states out west of here. You could say California. <laughs> yeah. Well, north, New York. Yeah, New York, too. Yeah. Um, or Or over. China. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you see what Arkansas is doing? Arkansas is telling Kicking any, all the Chinese, yeah, out? Chinese uh, government-owned property in Arkansas to sell their shit. Liquidate. Liquidate well, I believe the, the farm wow. uh, protection bill that just passed here in Texas has is, is is got some language in there about uh, preventing foreign agencies from buying property farmland. in Texas, okay. farmland in Texas. I believe that was part of the bill. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Could be wrong. Yeah. Have to double, wow. We'll have to Google it. We'll find out more. Yep. But am I right, though? Is it is it large cash buyers that are moving in from out of state that buy shit sight unseen, and then next thing you know, your neighbor's house is valued at more, and then your house is valued more? And Well, part, part of the supply problem in specifically North Texas came during COVID from institutional buyers. So you had all this hedge mm-hmm. fund money. Um, these hedge funds were looking for for solid investments. So they came in, and, and I think institutional buyers, the last number I read um, – Bought somewhere around eighteen thousand homes in North Texas. Wow! So the, these are the you know the e buyers. Yeah. Um, big institutional funds come in and they buy up all these single family homes. And what really drove the prices up is they were they were paying basically ask price for for these houses, and they 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 don't really care about the return, the yeah. short term return, right? They're not investors trying to grind it out like me and Sean. Right, they're not looking for a return today. They were buying on the come. They're buying on the, the speculation that the market's going to continue. I thought on you this said trend. Buy, buying on the come. Buying on the come. You know, you ever yeah. play come line crabs? Oh, play okay, crabs? okay. Uh, I I took that in my head. There's only one association uh, I have with that term. So yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not a gambler. Okay, I guess. gotcha. But so I, they're not buying on the come. I, right. They are yeah. buying on. They the are buying. They are buying on. The are buying on the but I have okay. that in the notes right here. The giant corporate trust fund, hedge fund like BlackRock, Vanguard. These guys just come in and they can buy. They don't care. They've got nothing but money to spend, and they yeah. they yeah. buy certain criteria. I mean, they usually buy 1980s or newer brick homes on slabs. Wow. But, I mean, that's just about every house nowadays, right? Because sure. nobody's building. That's a big portion of the market right now, right? It's a huge piece, and that's what drove drove prices up. That's what all yeah. new construction is. Is what they're buying. Wow. And, and they can pay twenty to a hundred over ask because they don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Then the yeah. big box builders, um, Dr. Horton to name one, and, and some of these other big national builders. What what they found out is okay, we can we can buy this land, we can get it entitled, we can go through the entire process, and we can 
start to sell lots and build houses and sell them to individuals, um, it takes more time, costs more money. Their margins are good, right? Yeah. Um, well, what they discovered is there's these big institutional buyers out there. They could take the same land and build what they call BFR, okay? Build for rent, what BFR stands for. Mm-hmm. So they build entire subdivisions and communities that they would then sell that entire community to a hedge fund, okay, or to a big institutional buyer with the intent purpose of renting. So what that did is that actually increased their margins, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're, not, they're not having to have all these different buyers that they're dealing with for, I want this color paint, I want this carpet, I want this. They have they, one. They, they go in and they build, they have their designers, Mass they go in them. and they, they build all, every third unit probably looks exactly the same, yep. right? Yep. So they save time, time is money. Well, and <clears throat> you're, you're selling it to a group of people who are promising a future profit as well. So it's not just a profit you turn at the time of sell, but it's two years of rent. Well, the, they're, they're, the home builders are selling these to the hedge funds, and then the hedge funds are, are putting their management in place. They're renting them out. I don't, I don't know if they'll ever chop them up wow. um, or if they'll just sell them to another institutional buyer on, on, a, on a tighter cap. But there rate. are those types of communities, too, that builders just build to rent. There's a lot yeah. of them popping up now. I was going to say that I feel, uh, I've got a buddy, or we all have a buddy that works for some of these builders, and he's like, yeah, these are communities that are built exclusively for rentals. Like none of these houses will ever be on the market for sale. They build them and they rent them. So when, though, when those big box builders go in there and do that, Ultimately, what that's doing is that's removing inventory from the market, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Otherwise, all those homes, all that space that they put the time and money and effort into getting the entitlements and doing the construction, right, could be sold to individual homeowners, but they're not. Um, so that, that, that reduces the inventory. So there was all this competition piled on top the fact that money was the cheapest it's ever been. Right, money mm-hmm. was free. Oh, you had yeah. 1% interest rates during the middle of COVID and, and yeah. 2% easily. Yeah, so I, I was fortunate three. enough. I, I have a VA loan on my house, and um, when I bought it, I was like four, four and a half or something, which is a great, a great rate. Yeah. Um, keep an eye on things. COVID really started to kick in. Things started to shut down. The rates started dropping, started dropping, started dropping. So I did a, a, a refinance. I didn't do a cash out refinance. I just did a straight up refinance on my house. I've got a, a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. 30, 30 year fixed at 2.17%. Oh, wow. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> so at this point right now, if you understand some basic economics, yeah. um, the banks are losing money. Yeah. Okay. On on my note. I'm paying them, I'm paying them two, two and a half percent, you know, all in, a little less than that. And uh the going rate right now is seven and a half. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're losing five percent. But contracts signed and they're making that money elsewhere. But a four hundred thousand dollar house at five or sorry seven and a half percent that's that's a forty five hundred dollar mortgage just about no I mean what is what is that what, at seven and a half percent escrowed it's um twenty eight hundred well he's saying at seven and a half oh at seven and a half yeah no I'd have to I'd have to see so it's going to be three times yeah it's going to be going to be five hundred five thousand dollars yeah that's insane so that's and and most houses around here now. What you would call like beginner houses, or you know, your first home, four hundred thousand dollars is kind of the median price. Oh, it's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, I'll get you yeah. a, a better number here. I'm gonna. Well, that's what the problem is. Now the calculator. 
That's why home sales are down for the first time yeah. in two years. They're not affordable. I don't know if you guys have re- seen the recent stats in Tarrant County, but this is the first, September was the first month that we've broken two months worth of inventory in four years. No, I haven't seen Which that. Which means wow. that sales are declined drastically. Yeah, yeah that market has fallen. The past because two years. Because of interest rates. Right, right. And, yeah. and because nobody can afford, you know, two years ago, interest rates were at three and a half, four and a half, four and a half yeah. percent. And that mortgage, like what Matt did, his, you know, call it a thousand bucks, but then you double it to 7%, 8%. You're now spending triple what you had on, yeah. on the wow. same amount that you purchased, yeah. you know? So a lot of people just can't swing it. Can't swing okay. It. So put yourself in, into the shoes of a 20 year old. Yeah. 20 something, you know, yeah. Newly married couple. I'd say about 25. You're, you're thinking, Oh, I'd like to own my, my first yeah. house. Is it, is it like, do you buy your, your first house or in, do you just plan on renting in North mm-hmm. Texas? Yes. I would yeah. buy okay. here all day. Okay. In a different market? Probably not. North wow. Texas. So I was watching a, a piece today on the news and uh, this was news to me. So North Texas, specifically Tarrant County with the city mainly being Fort Worth, the city within yeah. Tarrant County, yeah. um, had the number one most moves in the country. So most, the biggest amount of people Man, moved I believe to Fort it. Worth yeah. this past year. I, I see all those people coming. I yeah. bet. And not slowing down. Really. Yeah. I, mean, I know that there's been a downturn in the market, but it's not, it's not completely cold. So that goes to say, so you, you don't have necessarily an, an economic crisis until you pass like 10 months of inventory. So uh-huh. we're right. still well below the buffer, but, and it's never going to become that way here in North Texas, just because we have industry moving here. We've mm-hmm. got all this different. If it does, it's bad times for all of us. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're all, and you know, Texas as a whole can survive without, yeah. it can secede yeah. from the U.S. and still be all right. But I think approaching yeah. Doc's question, if you're 20 something, like, okay, you, you need it. What? Well, for an FHA, you need what? 5%? Down? It, it depends on the situation, your income level. Yeah. There's there's zero down mortgages again yeah. in the market, so that that's not a problem. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go against Sean right here. I would okay. I would tell I would tell a 25 year old couple that just got married. Um, that there's a lot of variables, right? Um, based on what they want out of their future, I, I would talk the them out. Of, I would I would talk them out of buying a single family home. Oh, for wow. sure. Okay. This, and this, let me go on record. This is why I love you two because yeah. you can get very diverse opinions from both of them, and they're ex- both extremely valued. Yeah, valued. So l- yeah, listen to what both of them have to say, and you can make your own decision. So but, so let's say we have very normal fifty five thousand <throat> dollar incomes, you know, for both of them, and you know, like they're new into an entrance career, mm-hmm. a teacher for instance, it's like, at what point do you say, okay, you should take on home ownership? Because that's hard. Mm-hmm. So a, yeah. a, a single family primary residence is, is not an asset. It's a liability. liability. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's, it, wow. it, it, and, and let's talk, let's talk about mortgage. Okay. okay. Here's a test for you guys. I want you guys to break down mortgage. Yeah. What, 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 where does it come from? Well, on, okay. <clears throat> so you mean, how is it? Yeah, it, well, it, let's break it down. Some portion, some amortized a portion of that mortgage is going towards the payment, principal. paying the principal, small and, portion. <laughs> yeah, but and and then you have some massive portion initially, which is just going to interest, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you have the escrow property taxes. <laughs> yeah, then you have the escrow on that, which the bank is figuring up and yeah. saying, okay, this is your amount. 
Yeah, no, that's, you're right on there, but I want you to... No, I he said, where did it come from? Where, where does the term mortgage come from? Break down the word... Oh, the word mortgage. I don't... Spell, I don't know. Spell mortgage. M-O-R-T. G. So dead? Dead. Yeah. Exactly. Dead. So You carry this until you're dead. Mortgage means dead money. Ah, okay. Okay. Wow. Is what mortgage... If you really break the word down. So the money a young couple would take and put into a mortgage... Okay, on a single family house, I would I would I would walk them away from that. Okay. Now this isn't for everybody. Yep. So again, like I said, there's there's a lot of variables. A lot of it you have to take into account. What what do they want in five years? What do they want in ten years? What do they want in twenty years? And what do they want their retirement to look like? Do they want to mm. be do, do they want to be wealthy? And there there's different types of wealth, right? There's yeah. there's wealth where you've just got more money than you could spend, and there's wealth where you're very happy in your life, and yeah. you get to the time to do what you want to do with your family and your friends. To, to me, that's real wealth. Time's right? a pretty big deal. Time, time. The older I get, the most valuable thing I have left is time. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're not you're you're not broke. You're, you're you not. know, it's like nobody wants to be broke. Right. So a, yeah. a 20, 20, any 25 year old couple that comes to and, and me and Sean both mentor uh, random people we meet along the way. Um, they find out we're in real estate and real estate's sexy. Everybody wants to be in it. And we're more than happy to walk anybody through the process. But I do this all the time. 25-year-old couple walks up to me. Hey, we just got married. We want to buy our house, uh, first house. Like, got a whole bunch of money from uh, wedding gifts? They're like, yeah, got a down payment. Cool, man. Down payments are great. Mm-hmm. You know, makes it a little yeah. bit easier. Yeah, yeah. But don't go buy a single family house, right? Here's what I want you to do. Let's go find you a duplex or a triplex. Mm. Okay. Again, it's, it's not for everybody. But let's get a duplex or triplex for a single family house. Maybe you qualify for two hundred and fifty thousand. For a triplex, you might qualify for six hundred. Is that possible? When you're going to buy an investment property, a rental property like that, okay, you get debt reduction based on the income that it's going to produce. So basically, the bank's going to look at it and say, "Oh, you're going to buy this triplex for six hundred thousand dollars." But you're going to make yeah. Some of that up. Right. You're 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 gonna rent two units out at two thousand dollars a month, so you're gonna have four thousand dollars a month income off that. If you buy right, if a young couple like that buys right, okay, it uh, um, it's a little tougher to do on a duplex, but on a triplex, piece of cake. If you find the right triplex, yeah, okay, young couple put they can put the minimum down, move in, live in one of the units, rent the other two out, and guess what? They're not living in a liability anymore, they're living in an asset, mm-hmm. an income producing asset. They will live there for free. Yeah. Okay. No mortgage. Live there for free because their tenants are paying their mortgage. And with a property like that, you're making money on multiple different ways, right? Wow. You're, you're, you're making money on a little bit of cash flow. It's not yeah. going to be huge, but they're going to live for free. Okay. So they're going to make money on cash flow. They're going to make money on what's called equity capture. Okay. Every, every month when the tenants pay their rent and they pay their mortgage, a piece of that mortgage is what? You you covered it earlier, Doc. Yeah. What, what's yeah. a piece of that mortgage? It's, piece of that mortgage is principal. Principal. That yeah. principal payment. You got to look at it like a, a savings account. It's a yeah. savings account that you assholes are making a deposit in for me. Thank you. Right. I love you. Mm-hmm. Right. right. E- every single month, and then you're making money on appreciation over time. That property is going to appreciate. And what I recommend to these young couples is it's not for everybody. Do it. Try it. Okay. Yeah. Try it for a year. If it's not for you, you your option is to rent out your unit and go mm-hmm. buy you a house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. A- after a year of seasoning, 
a bank or to is, sell the whole thing or just I mean, or think, just sell the whole thing exactly at, at 25 or even 25 to 30 what if you did that routine for five to eight years uh you know you're still pretty young at 35 what you would have 10 years later is a huge equity in that building it's a huge and, leg up yeah. financially yeah so you're already ahead of the curve just because of that absolutely yeah. i mean that's that's time but you're all like you said if you're if you're unit that you're living in that your your own personal dwelling is being paid for that's that's a lot of time and that's a lot of money even though you're not seeing much cash flow in your bank right yeah you're not seeing a lot of cash flow but also you're not paying a mortgage now right so you're you're taking your earned income and and you're saving that you should be saving it to to do your next one Mm -hmm. okay wow and 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 so it seems daunting right because the and I think the portion of it that seems daunting is the renter management portion of it, which seems to be getting more and more atrocious with cultural shifts and societal shifts. Like I, I mean, you can only take it with a grain of salt what I'm saying, but I see things on social media. Like there's big groups of people that uh, want to bash, you know, their landlords and and. Uh, just make it as difficult as possible. Well, the landlord is the man. Oh yeah, right? yeah, he is part of the man. Yeah, but I shit you not. I saw one person comment about bashing private, you know, you know, small individuals that own maybe one or two houses. Mm-hmm. But they were okay, totally okay with um, you know giant trust fund corporations like BlackRock owning. And they're like, oh, well, BlackRock they manage it better. They take care of it better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me! Wow. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've, we've been in some big box management uh, communities, and we've seen some super deferred maintenance. Like, where the fuck is the man? Mm, where wow. are the? <laughs> well, the mom and pop stuff. I, I mean, your your name and reputations. I like how you too. put that deferred maintenance. Yeah, you know, it's like it's not neglect, right? Deferred, it's deferred. Deferred. deferred, deferred. Right. We're just not going to fix this I mean, pipe right you now. Have the, <laughs> you end up with a situation like what they had in Florida, the whole freaking building collapsed, collapsed because there was a leaky swimming pool right. on the second story or whatever. And a lot of people died. <laughs> a lot of people died and, and a lot of red flags were thrown up for what, a year or two? People saying, hey, there's something going needs on. to be addressed. It's just, we're, we're not changing air filters this month. <laughs> yeah. Well, those I'm, I'm saying those those places aren't owned by you know individuals. They're not mom and pop um, condos. At that yeah. point, so. yeah, and we and we try to remove ourselves. Like we don't want to be the front, the go-to guy whenever we, there's issues. So we've built some back-end stuff and in portals to put maintenance sure. issues in it. But even still, just recently, we were at an apartment of a family members of ours, and she lives in a big box community in the middle of Fort Worth. Her water heater had been leaking for I don't know. I couldn't tell you how long because it was just black mold everywhere. Oh. And I'm like, this is like a Ooh. two. How was it like three thousand dollars a month apartment, and yeah, it's yeah. managed by this multinational brand, and there's they just refuse to come fix the thing. She's like, "Oh, I've put in a lot of tickets before, and you're gonna fucking die in this place if we get the hell out of here." <laughs> wow. Wild. Yeah. So, remarking on what you said about it being daunting, yeah, it absolutely can be because you could have some uh, probably nightmare yeah. tenants. Um, I know, I know, you know, you put down a security deposit. And you pay your monthly bills, but when they yeah, leave, but that's small. When that they leave in a year, and, small. You know, you're, there's yeah. 14 holes in the walls and flooded oh, yeah. floors and dog shit everywhere. The security deposit's nothing, right? <laughs> right. Um, 
So you have any uh, stories about nightmare tenants? <laughs> I mean, let's make this more daunting for people not, trying to breach it. <laughs> okay, so so first, I want to I want to get first pass on on one concept. It's when you're the the individual like landlord. Mm-hmm. This isn't easy on you guys, right? Y'all aren't just sitting back like banking, oh, fat stacks, yeah, yeah, making money. It's like this is work, right? It depends on. Every deal that's done in the okay. beginning at first, yes, because, you know, you, there's not much knowledge unless you have somebody that could walk you through the, the process. But, gotcha. you know, conventional knowledge goes to you go to reading books, right? And that's where yeah. everybody goes when they first want to learn something more. Or they find a mentor, which yeah. might YouTube. cost them money, which mm-hmm. before YouTube, let's just say. Yeah. But, you know, you go to the conventional stuff, you go to the books, you go to the library, you start reading. What does it tell you? On the rental side, you want a 1% return rate, right? Yeah. Which you don't make money like that. Yeah. You're not sitting around. Yeah, if you buy one house, it. you're on 1%. You're just sitting. You got to go to work. You got to get another right. job to cover everything. Because one house at 1% is not going to do anything for you. But, you know, as you start establishing and buying more things and you learn the hard way, then you understand where the real money is made in real estate. Wow. Well, it's, it's a real evolution. You know, when you first start off, it, it's, it's really nerve-wracking. Right, because yeah. you know the the gold standard for a long time for a single family home is is three hundred fifty dollars positive. Okay, okay. If if you could buy a house and you can make three hundred fifty dollars a month, that's it. After after everything, right? On a hundred and fifty thousand dollar investment, right. yeah, yeah. So you know your your things things are tight, and you you sweat seeing your tenant called when you have one when you have one unit, <laughs> and they're like. They call and tell you the air conditioner's broke. Right? Yeah. Damn. Well, oh, and and if you only have one unit, you don't have your team together. Right. Right. Yet, right. You're, you're you're calling Milestone Electric or one of these other places that spend a lot of money on advertising. They come out and tell you that, you know, it's probably just a capacitor that needs to be replaced on your AC unit. But they're going to tell you you need a whole new unit. It's going to cost 12, yeah. 12 grand. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, oh, grand, man, that's going to take me 30. That's Three years. I'm, yeah. I'm in the red for three years on this house now. Mm. So that gets a lot of people out of the business early. Right. Um, after you grow, you stick it out, you grind it out, okay, because it is a grind. This this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. It's some months you're you're biting your fingernails. Oh, yeah. You're like, man, I hope no, I hope a tenant doesn't call. Yeah. But what, or, or you hope a tenant doesn't not pay. Because then yeah. you've got to foot the mortgage. Exactly. Right. Oh, and then man. go through the eviction process. Go through the eviction process. Yeah, it's like, not easy. Well, it's it's not that bad. We we've had we've had a doozy or two. Yeah. <laughs> like an apartment being burned down or a, a unit being burned down. What, yeah. Didn't that oh, yeah. happen? You could put a check mark on that box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if it was burned down. I think it was an intentional explosion on one of them. <laughs> it's <laughs> happened a few times. Meth lab. Uh, oh man. Hey, I need a uh, I need a pour of whatever you got over there. Speaking of pour, let's uh, have a little. Yeah, pour. I like. Did this you stuff, try man. this, Sean? Yeah, it's smooth. It's okay. You don't really taste the flame. It no, no. Seem. It kind of it kind of it masks the rose on the back end. It the masks ghost. the tequila. Yeah. You didn't find it. Too hard? No, hot? it's good. I've been sipping on it. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's got a good flavor once you get past that initial I like the, surprise. the heat. It's nice and warm, you know? It yeah. warms you up a little Matt, bit. Matt, you good? Yeah, no, I had some of the ghost. It was, okay. It was okay. decent. What would you like, bro? The one that's right there in front of you. There's two. Which one? Oh, oh I didn't see the little guy. Which yeah, one? There's go nine. With the Bond and Lillard. There you He's go. got three of them that's got nipples on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, going back to your question about 25-year-old just got married, whatever. 
yeah. has a family, wants to get into something. What's nice about our area is there's these things called ADUs. So there's houses that have like mother-in-law suites in the backyard, like above a garage or something. Yeah. That's what I would recommend to somebody who wants some sort of... Get them a house, but they have a rentable... They want some solitude. They don't want to live in an apartment complex and they want to generate some sort of income. I would say, look, that's a good option. But now even with FHA, you can buy up to four units. So you could stick with a duplex, a triplex, or even go big and say, fuck it, I want to go four units or nothing. And you're really capitalizing on the FHA part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is there also is there still a first time home buyer's credit too that you can get? Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That helps. I don't yeah. know what the amount is. Does it depend on I think it's income based. Income it is income based. Yeah, I don't okay. I don't know what the amount. Those program these government programs change constantly. Um there is a lot of stuff to keep up with. But if yeah. you've got a good uh lender or a real estate agent, you're hopefully going to be privy to that. There's some credit. It's all it's all income based for the most part. Okay. Yeah. I know if you're a single mom struggling with uh, you know five kids in a one job, then there'll, there'll be some reward for you at well, the end. Got to be a yeah. single mom. Why couldn't it be a single dad? Bro? Be a single dad. <laughs> it could be a single yeah, maybe dad. Maybe the mom's too. a you know a real piece of you know. Yeah. You never know. It always goes. I mean, it always goes. Always to a the dad, dad. That's the bad guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Would you ever say to young people like "fuck it, don't do it"? No. No. Oh wow. No. I would say okay. it's the best decision you could make for yourself. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Even with interest rates the way they are. I wouldn't say buy a brand new build. I would never say that. I would say look for something a little older that you could buy a little bit of equity at at the purchase price. So you buy a little cheaper than what they're asking for it. Yeah. Build a little bit of a cushion just in case. And then rent the rest of their units out and off to the races. Okay. And and realistically, like the younger you can get into it, the better, right? Because you have even more time once you're you're in your 30s. As as an investor, if, if you buy right... Interest rates don't really matter. Okay. Okay. I've I've had stuff. I've bought stuff. I've had interest rates as high as ten percent. Right? Oh shit. Okay. Because here's the deal. Even higher. In, 12%. Investing. Yeah. Jeez. Investing in real estate. Okay. Is is a math problem you're trying to solve. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either the math makes sense or it doesn't. Okay. If it makes sense, it makes sense. So it doesn't matter if the rate is twelve percent. Okay. If if you can produce enough cash flow income revenue off that property to cover the mortgage. Who, who cares if you can do that and still and still put money in your pocket? Here's the deal, guys. The rates aren't going to stay as high as they are for long. Okay, probably a, a couple years, but in the big scheme of things, it's not long. The government is addicted, okay, to stimulus. They're addicted to pushing yeah, out. Yeah, that money. seems that seems correct. So, what's unpopular with at least half the country is a direct stimulus. Okay, direct the government directly handing you money, mm, right. okay? That's unpopular with at least half. The other half, they're okay with it, all right? But a stimulus that the government can hand out that's not direct. Can you guys think of one? Um, I would think I mean, the first, food stamps. first time, yeah, f- well. Interest food rates. stamps, interest rates, first-time <laughs> home buyer, uh, buyer's incentives, tax and, uh, rebates, I mean, stuff I think like Obama, that. Obamacare, but yeah, great. Obama phones. Communism. Phones. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's ultimately what's going to happen, okay? When it's time to stimulate the economy again and it's time to go back into a big growth mode, the feds are going to step in and they're going to start buying mortgage bonds again. Okay, yeah. That's one reason why they, they, they raise the short-term rates. They're not as tied. Uh, mortgage rates aren't as tied to the short-term rate as they used to be um, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. What they're really more tied to is the bond market, Okay. When the government steps in and starts buying all these mortgage-backed bonds again, the rates are going to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the reason they're going to do this is because there's going to come the point in time when it's time to step up the stimulus, right? It's time yeah. to get cash back into the economy. Right. And they're going to do that indirectly through, through mortgage rates. And you're scratching your head. Chance is scratching his head right now. What, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, when you, when you start talking about bonds, it's above my <laughs> pay grade. So what I mean is what they're going to do is they're going to lower, lower the interest rates. And everybody, yeah. they're going to go from, they, they hit 8% last week. Okay? So they're, they're back down to 7.5 yeah. now. Yeah. But there's, there's young, young folks that you talked about earlier that are buying houses right now at 7.5, 8%. Okay? Yeah. Um, With no way to service that debt. Well, with a marginal way, when it's time to start, when it's time to start stimulating things, what's going to happen is they'll lower the rates. All the people that bought at eight percent will do what? At they'll they'll be happy at five percent, right? To cash out, refinance Mm. at five percent. When you cash out, refinance, what happens? You get a little check in your pocket Mm. when you go to closing, Mm. right? That's money that's in the the economy. Well. There's, I, I think I read somewhere the other day, like 65 or 68 percent of Americans right now have a sub four percent mortgage. Okay, because everybody. I mean, I believe it. Everybody jumped on a- that. Everybody, everybody cashed out. Yeah. Everybody cashed out re- or not cashed out. Everybody refinanced. Yeah. Everybody yeah. refinanced. So like 60 something percent of Americans right now has got a sub four percent. Yeah. Okay. So we really want to stimulate the economy. So how are we going to do that indirectly? We're going to do cash out refinancing. We're going to drop interest rates to half of what they are, and suddenly everybody's going to want a big cash infusion. The, the, guy, the guys that are locked in at 4% aren't, aren't going to cash out refinance at 3.75, but I'll tell you what, you hit three, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the path back to the lower interest rates, um, and it's going to be based on the government's needs to stimulate the economy and do it in an indirect manner. In a matter, so right. it's just a matter of time. So I, I believe I believe in five to seven years we could plausibly see interest rates in in the mid threes again. Okay. Wow. So we just we just need another pandemic. I mean, just yeah. Another, just another round of Rona. I mean, we <laughs> might we might get it. It's, it won't be Rona. Yeah, yeah it'll be whatever. Swine flu again, or bird yeah. flu, or Mad whatever cow, they fix up in box. those Wuhan labs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's um, a bloody path. Or you know, there's also uh, I've, I didn't know this, but I found out like you're talking about the mother-in-law quarters. Like if you buy a place like that, there's a big market for uh, long-term what they call long-term or mid-term Airbnbs. Yeah. There's people that seek out. I didn't even know this was a part of Airbnb. There's people that will seek out. Places to stay for thirty days or more. That's a matter of fact. Yeah. So wow. that's that's one way to service some of that the, cost. Serv- like what is one of those places? You know, so those fluctuate based on like the algorithms in place and the popularity uh-huh. of the town and this and that during the seasons. I've got a place like that that has to abide by this rule mm-hmm. in New Orleans wow. in the French Quarter, and uh, we've stayed every month. We've been booked, luckily, and it it. Uh, it just varies with what's going on in town and what the what the room availability is. Yeah, so the February town. is high priced. Yeah, but Mardi Gras. You probably yeah. don't realize this, but there's there's a plethora of Airbnbs in Fort Worth, Dallas. People just want to come and stay here and and see the cultural scene. I guess, yeah. especially if you're in Fort Worth around Cowtown and the old stockyards. That's even so. People will come Airbnb places around here just to have access to that. Oh, so that exists and. Um, the, the long term thing is what surprised me, like the thirty day or more. So that would be one asset or you would have to service the debt if you had a place like that. You yeah. could have a, a long term Airbnb. Hmm. Uh, but 
But there's also things that come with the Airbnb, like management and who's going to go there and turn the beds. And yeah. is, your, is your, oh, shit, my uh, cleaning lady's not answering the phone. Now what? My guy checks in in four hours. You know, like, what yeah. am, who's going to make the bed? You know, so there's certain things. I mean, things. You're, you're not going to sit back and just make money. Right. No, there's always something. You don't, every you don't day start is from a new the ground day. and be able to do that. <laughs> no, it's going to uh, Unless you're Ukraine. <laughs> okay, is that conspiracy corner? <laughs> how many how many billions are we up to in the God, Ukraine now? Too many, hundred billion, yeah. or more, or more. Did I you see him come on TV the other day and beg for credit because nobody wants to give yep. him money. Wow. Like, well, could you just give us some credit? credit. We'll get it back. Zelensky we'll pay did. You back. Yeah, yeah he did. Oh, dude, that guy's such a snake. Mm. He's such a, but he's got it made. Like he's figured it out. He's raised a lot of money. Yeah, he sure has. I don't think it's about Zelensky at all. Mm. Who's, what do you think it's about? I think it's about the powers. Like, so, you know, why did Ukraine? You think there's a Ukrainian, a Ukrainian oligarch? Yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's a whole structure behind Zelensky. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into he's that just that a front another, man. We'll get into that in another yeah, yeah, episode. Maybe. Wow, <laughs> let's not derail too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Airbnb thing. So that's uh, you. You have a little experience with that, and Matt and I have done some Airbnb um, out of. One of our units in the TCU area. Okay. We did that for about a year, and it was an interesting. So, do you think they're mm-hmm. also to blame for rising housing costs? Not, not in this area. I don't think no. so in any no. area because people were that ha- places where Airbnbs are hot are not places that people are building subdivisions and normal everyday single family housing, right? Like those, those just aren't taking up market oh, yeah. space there. Smaller neighborhoods, maybe one or two, but not Suburbs. to the point where. It seems like there's a growing hostility against Airbnb from uh, regulators. It's it's towns, it, well, cities, it's, it's the, the lobbyists. The, the the hotel lobby group is is pushing real hard I, for regulation. Yeah. I cannot believe and New York City was kind of the mecca, the starting point for this, but oh, yeah. it, it spread all across the nation, even rural Colorado. Yeah. You have to be if you buy a place and you want Airbnb it, you're on a permit waiting list. Per county regulations, if if it's inside the town, you're per town regulations, and every place that we talk to, there's a. I think they issue like a hundred permits. So what and is that? Is that like communism? Know, is, yeah, is it? <laughs> that's tell, I mean, that's yeah, the man maybe. telling you what is you it, can and can't do with, with your, your own, own property. property. Is it an anti Walmart? mentality no walmart in my town no the mentality is coming from hostile groups of people saying what you're doing is keeping me from buying a house wow so they yeah, is, it, is it that or is it the cities and stuff seeing well okay so it's what it's also what matt said i mean didn't mean to skip over that but it's also a very hefty lobby industry for hotel corporations that the hotels lost a huge share because Airbnbs were affordable. They were easy. There were no there was no bullshit. Well, that was my thing was I was gonna say, is it is it the cities and counties and hotels and all that seeing they're not making the money and they're they're the, not generating the any guys, revenue right. on Airbnbs, yeah. which is a big market. Right. Share. So they they're want like, in. well, how do we get a piece of this? Yeah. yeah. Let's well, fucking regulate it. Right. The cities aren't well, it, really, if, if yeah, you're running your true. Airbnb properly, you're supposed to be collecting hotel tax, right. mm-hmm. and you're you're supposed to be paying those taxes. That's now, fine. A, a, a lot of them don't. Sure, I'm but, okay with that. But I mean, you're supposed to. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm okay with paying my regulatory fees if you're going to let me do whatever I want. I'll just you know roll that into the nightly cost or whatever it is. Yeah. But they've taken it a step further. 
But and, so, and, and so, the question is like, was Uber a good thing? You know, not to c- compare Airbnb to Uber or. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, but and I think the but taxis, it put the taxis went out. through the same thing that so Airbnb what? is yeah, going no, through it, now. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, was Uber. Uber a good thing? It depends on if you spent a million dollars for a, a medallion in New York City or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? if, if you did, you're probably thinking Airbnb or Uber sucks. Uber sucks. Yeah. It's a yeah. privatized industry. And, and look, look how much more efficient and better UPS is than uh the post office than U- USPS. Yeah. So they, is the same thing going to happen? They? Yes, with, they are. Uh, <laughs> so is Airbnb to uh, home buying what Uber was to commuting? Home buying? I don't think it. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, is that, is Airbnb the way that normal Americans like capitalize on this, this market? Like making income. Yeah, making okay. income. Yeah, if they have additional dwellings that they can... Yeah, I got you. Yeah, $30,000 car is a lot more attainable than a $400,000 house to Airbnb or a million-dollar house, depending on where you're And they got looking. Turo nowadays. You could Turo your car That's out. pretty cool. Yeah. And I want to know when the last time you went car shopping, $30,000. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I'm trying to be real. Yeah, his yeah. last car was not $30,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the freaking upgrade on his last car might have been thirty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, this guy. Listen, tonight is not about my automobiles and my habits. Okay, I have some friends that live outside of uh, Monterey, California, and they're bo- both school teachers. Um, they have a, a small house, a, a modest, modest house in California, and they told me they got a really good deal on it, and they bought it back in uh, two thousand eight uh-huh. a- after the big crash. And it's, uh, I think it was like eleven hundred square feet or less, and they paid seven hundred thousand dollars for it, and they, wow. they they got a great deal. Um, wow. So so they say. But one of the things that they've recently done uh, and completed is uh, – in California is crazy. If you guys haven't no, looked at – No, that's a really sane mm, place to be. Like you have to have water water credits to build. So you can't <laughs> – like your own house, you can't, you can't add a bathroom. Uh, you can't add a sink, okay? You, you have to have – you have X number of water credits. And wow. so a toilet is worth so many credits and a sink is worth so many credits. Anyway, you can't. So oh. swimming pool is out. You, you can't exceed these credits. Yeah. But okay. LA will literally collect or drain rainwater and dump it right back into the ocean. <laughs> you, but you need a credit to build a house to live in. Well, no, you need a credit. You you have to a, obtain a credit, a water credit, if you want to add a sink in your own house. <laughs> okay. How do you go about getting said credits? I, I, I don't know. But th- this couple I know out there, uh, been friends with them for 30 years. They recently uh, did a renovation at their house, and they added a, 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 a suite, a rental suite to their house because they're trying to, you know, they're both school teachers. They the School teachers in California make a lot more than school teachers in Texas, but it, it's still a struggle. Yeah. You know, so they wanted to offset their mortgage. So they they built a, a a suite, and what they're doing is the the midterm rental stuff. They're they're leasing to traveling uh, nurses and traveling doctors and mm-hmm. uh, military members and things of that nature. So it's really it's really kind of um, helped them. And this is new to them. I think um, I think they're on their third tenant at this point. Cool. So they've been operating for three or four months, um, and and they're excited. So yeah. uh, you know the, the Airbnb thing. I I don't think in in this market here. I don't think it's a good thing to go out and specifically try to buy a property yeah. to the Airbnb. Sure. Sean and I had had an iconic property that was located between Colonial. Uh, of course. Oh, of wow. course. Yeah. And, T- and, and TCU. Yeah. Okay. We're sandwiched right in between. It was a two-block walk to Colonial. It's a two-block walk to TCU. Uh, red terracotta roof. It was a, a six-unit apartment complex that we had there. Um, 
110 years old, beautiful place. Um, and because of the proximity to TCU, we're like, we're going to furnish, fully furnish, and we pimped it out, man. It was a, a two-bedroom, one-bath unit. We made it really, really nice, uh, you know, Fort Worth chic style, looked really good. And we tried Airbnb in it for a year. And ultimately, when it was said and done, if you look back at the data over a whole year, the way the system works, there there were a couple times where we got $350 a night, right? Yeah. Um, but most of the time, we weren't. And if you really bust out the math, again, it, it didn't pan out. Real estate's all about, you know, investing in real estate's a math problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. So you really look at the math, we might have made an extra 5%, okay? Because wow. with the Airbnb, we had the advertising, we had the management fees, you got the Airbnb all bills, cut. utility bills. We, we had to pay all the utility bills. Internet. Yeah. All that. So it was a lot. So by the, it was better for us just to put a long-term tenant in that unit at $1,800 a month than it was to try to get $3,000 a month through Airbnb mm-hmm. because of the, the, the operational cost. Wow. That's, yeah. Okay. So really, if, if you're thinking about Airbnb, you need to look really look at the market yeah. wh- where you're at and say, okay, I can get this in a long-term rental. Does it make rental, sense? Does it not make sense? I can, I can get this Airbnb. And some people get fixated on, I'll get $300 a night. Mm. Yeah, you're not capturing all of that. Not even close. Maybe in Miami. Yeah. But this ain't Miami. Right, well, and then what's it going to cost to get into Miami? What's it going right. to cost to purchase that right. place? Right. Um, I was really surprised. I mean, we explored it. Um, I was really surprised to find out about like the regulatory hostility towards oh, Airbnb, man. and it's still going on. It's still growing. It's getting it's, it's, worse. Yeah, it is getting worse. Uh, so the workaround <clears throat> right now is what they what up they would call the the medium term rental, which is a month to month basis. So you yeah. can get by. That's not considered short term, which is what the hotel lobbyists want want to be designated. They are short term yeah. rentals. They are in charge. They have control of the market, and they're doing it. You have an Airbnb in uh, Louisiana? New Orleans. New Orleans. How's that working out? Working so far, so good. Are they, are they pretty friendly towards? No, New Orleans, there's all kinds of regulations that are going on, and they're trying to revamp it all, and there's a stalemate between the residents and the Airbnb hosts. Mm-hmm. There's a huge mess. But uh, <clears throat> they've also... There's a lot of nephilism going on, nepotism yeah. in New Orleans. Nepotism. Because nepotism. Nepotism. Yeah. Thank you. Not like when you kiss your brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I understand it. Yeah, because they're issuing licenses to basically anybody who knows the mayor and I gotcha. the mayor's staff Yeah, all this bullshit. It's like Louisiana corruption. Yeah, it's all backhand. Here at home, we just call that the, old. the good old boy. Backhand network. deals, yeah. baby. Not what you know, it's who you blow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. there's a larger point I want to make in all this, and I hope I can stay on track. Like we, we brought up the question because we have, you know, we all have friends that are younger. I come from a family that's provided, and I have means that have been given to me. I have the responsibility of making good decisions with those and not fucking that up for my sake and my family's sake and future generations' sake. But if you're somebody that hasn't come from means and you're working, you're grinding, you're 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 trying to get yourself into a house and and put your family in a good situation from present tense to future tense and make good decisions. Like I think it's important that we help or or give those people all the information we can, because if you don't, the more and more those people become dependent on government help. Yeah. The more and more they vote themselves and the rest of us into government over, but is overbearing, but is rent dependence. 
You know, if you say that, it depends on. I guess I'm just how not going to dick with this like whole mortgage thing. And and yeah, you are giving away a portion of your income yeah. for no investment value, or or at least not your own. You know, you're giving away fifteen hundred bucks a month mm-hmm. that that is not going to a principal. Well, it's not um, going to anything. It's just burning never, it. Yeah, you never see. Yeah, you're just again. burning it. Yeah, straight right? burning it. But you know, there again, you're not paying seventy five thousand dollars a year to the man in taxes either. Mm-hmm. True. Right. So, uh, not seventy five thousand dollars <laughs> over the course of ten years. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like. Well, you have to think about that too. If you have a property, you have property tax, mm-hmm. and and over the course of ten years, that property tax has has it inflated more than the price that you've given away in taxes. That's well, man, that's tough. Rents have shot up over twenty two percent this past year. Valid. Yeah. So uh, you know, a, a good mortgage now, an average mortgage is about. 22, 2,500 bucks, which, right which is right in line with rents. Yeah. I mean, and you're pretty much paying. So, what would you rather do? Throw money in the wind or secure your financial future by buying? Either way, it? the question's still, still there. Do you yeah. want to piss in the wind or not? Right. I think yeah. it really depends on the lifestyle that, that you want, the age you are and the lifestyle that you want. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's easy to become house poor really quick. Yeah. M- meaning that. All, all your all your earned income is going to your basic living expense to sure. to, to pay for your house, um, and you know ownership versus being a renter. As a renter, if your AC goes out, whose problem is it? It's not yours. It's not your problem, right? You're you're, right. Sti- you're still going to pay fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a month, right? Yeah. Your landlord's got to fix that. Refrigerator goes out. Uh, again, you yeah. know, you're, yeah. you're not having to come up with eight hundred dollars to go to go get yeah. that. Your landlord does. And maybe renting is more ideal too if you're not planning on staying in a location long, you know, more yeah. than a year. Or well, two. It, it it just really, like I said, really depends on the lifestyle. Right. The lifestyle right. you want to live. Do you want to have circumstantial? You know, do, do you want to build long term wealth, or do you just want to live for now, right? And and live for now and mm-hmm. travel and and go and do those fun free yeah. things. Can an argument be made for living for now? I'm not sure what an argue bit is. Uh, argument. <laughs> argument. So we're talking like bits that make up. No, I'm joking. And an, can an argument be made for living for now? Because we're so engineered to think that we should be developing wealth. Well, I, I, you know, that's, I think, one of the things that we fight on a daily basis, um, all Americans. Everybody wants instant gratification, you know, especially yeah. since, uh, you know, again, I'm the oldest one in the room, which hurts me to say. Yeah, but you're not. Uh, what, what are you, 45? 45, Okay, yeah. you're 44, 43? Yeah, 43. Okay, okay. yeah, you're yeah, so, really so, the elder. Well, no, but so, so, so Doc grew up around the same time I did, you know, but before smartphones and, and before yeah. the constant instant gratification, everybody wants instant gratification right now. And that's, that's part of the problem that we're seeing with, with the younger generation, especially in real estate. They, they want to walk in and they want to be the, the real estate millionaire. Yeah. Right. That's just it, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's a grind. Yeah. You, you have to grind it out. That's uh, you're going to have to work at something. So find a way to be patient. And persistent. And d- discipline. It's yeah. also about your okay. upbringing. Yeah. Like, yeah. how were you raised? Was your mom living on welfare and food stamps and stuff? And do you want out of that type of lifestyle? So let me cycle. think of what the most financially smart decision would be is I just turned 21. You know, there's a, bu- yeah. there's a lot of variables that weigh into the, should I rent or should I buy? Mm. 
Right. Do I have the cash to burn? I mean, you're going to burn it one way or another. So, are you have crippling anxiety or not? <laughs> are you still? Yeah. Are you still in your twenties, Sean? No, I'm 33. Oh, okay. I was thinking for some reason you're perpetually like 29 to me for whatever reason. <laughs> but okay. you started. You started a little younger. I bought my first house when I was 21. Did you really? Still have it. Okay, there you go. Wow. Shouldn't have sold any so of the ones. Do you all manage your own tenants? Yeah, we have an online portal that manages everybody for the most part. But okay, we answer the phones even though we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. It's like people are going to call on New Year's. Here, uh, no, we've we've had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you yeah. just have to answer Christmas, that call. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, no, they call all the time, and uh, it, it's never like a convenient time. You know, they'll they're they're they'll have a problem. And they've had the problem all day, and they wait until nine thirty at night to call you. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I feel you. And it's like, w- w- when did this start? Oh, the, it started three days ago. Oh, and you waited three days and waited to call nine thirty. Uh, yeah. so it must not be five. real. Must not be real important. So we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah. uh, we could do. That's one area we could uh, expand upon. We could uh, we could do better managing or outsource more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the management fees. Your typical management fee. And real estate, if you wanted to come in and you didn't want to manage yourself, you're going to yeah. pay a management company 10%. 10%. 10 10%. Which okay. may be worth it, right? It, you know? it, it could it could be. But but you are going to have to manage the manager. Right. So so my wife and I, we've had rental property. And and that's what we learned was and, – and we had a management company. Like we tried to manage it ourselves. And then we were like, okay, we really don't like these calls. and And so we're going to get a – rental manager, but then we had to manage the manager. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody's going to love your places more than you love them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, and okay. You, and that's you, a good, <laughs> that's a good segue. And what you don't know from that manager is what's he really doing. So yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. hey, uh, doc, the toilet's out. It's going to cost you 500 bucks. Right. Oh, really? But what did it cost the manager? 200 bucks. Mm. Or what yeah. did he make a spread plus the management fee? You never know. You know, there's just always backdoor deals that can right. go down. Right. If there's a middleman. It's like once you fix a toilet and you're like, mm, I could have done that for 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it could be anything, even an AC. Like we've got, you know, we have our preferred vendors now, but, you know, you'd get bids for like 10, 12, 15, 18,000 and you find the one guy that has a company and knows how to do it and he'll do it for five. And you're just like, huh. Wow, there's that big of a margin in between? Like, holy shit. Yeah. So we've really been getting fucked these whole <laughs> 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Well, and the, the evolution of things, Sean and I used to try to go out and be hands-on and do a lot of the stuff ourselves. But sure. at, at, once you get to a certain point, you realize that <clears throat> your time is better spent making a deal, right? Yeah. So the the young people that we that we mentor, they're like, why don't you do anything yourself? We do, we do very little ourselves anymore. We pay somebody to do everything. Interesting. Okay. Um, and the way I explain it to them is like my time going to a property and fixing something is twenty bucks an hour, twenty five dollars an hour. My time making a deal is ten thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. Right? So, in the big scheme of things, do you want to make twenty five bucks an hour? Or do you want to make ten thousand dollars an hour? Mm. I, I know, I know my answer. What's your answer? Doc? <laughs> I think I'm going to yeah, side with your answer. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's you not know? tough. Yeah, it's not tough at all. That's, <laughs> it's an easy answer. But see, these are trials and tribulations that come with experience. It's not you're not going to learn right. this right off the bat. So like sure. a young cat just come reading the books and studying the knowledge, he's, he doesn't know all that yet. Right? Yeah. So. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing it yourself. Um, in, in certain situations, starting off, you have to, you have one or two units, you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because 
it, financially, it doesn't make sense. But w- once you get to a certain point and you get an economy of scale where it makes sense, then you start mm-hmm. to pull back. You focus more on the business aspect yep. and let, let the maintenance people do the maintenance people's job. Man. Okay, so that's that's a segue. What you said earlier is a segue into something we should probably broach about young people getting into something is uh, you you lectured, gave me a good lecture on it the other day, Matt, um, emotional and <laughs> non-emotional purchases. Uh, granted, if you, if you buy a, a duplex and you live in one side of it and rent out the other side, you're probably going to have an emotional attachment to that. So how do you, how would you encourage people to detach from emotions while purchasing? Man, that's another reason why we don't sell anything. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Real estate's in a, a very emotional business. Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, it yeah. really is. Any business is emotional, in my opinion. It's tied to your personal well-being. So, Buyers, especially first-time buyers, are dumb. <laughs> okay? We're trying Period. to so, it, yeah. We're going to try to sell a, a, a house that was 100 years old that we fully rehabbed. We, we do really nice work. Our stuff is really awesome. Again, we don't, we don't, we very rarely sell, but... The, a first-time buyer is going to have a home inspection done, right? Yeah. This inspector is going to come out and he's going to rip this thing the apart. shit out of it. Yeah. And the first-time home buyer, you know, the corner of the foundation might have a, a what they call a corner pop. Yeah. Right. Every foundation in this area has. Every that. foundation <laughs> has a corner pop. Well, the first-time home buyer doesn't understand that. They just know that their inspector said that. The, there's a corner pop that they fucked right? up. Yeah. The house is going to yeah. collapse. I need you yeah. to take ten thousand yeah, yeah. off the price, please. Yeah, and and they want you to fix the corner pop. Yeah, nah, <laughs> we're not going to do that today. You know, so you don't want to have to deal with that stuff. Yeah, it's, the it's, nitpicky, it's very emotional. Yeah. That back to your question again. Have y'all ever uh, sold uh, a property you? though? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We flip and we still flip every now and then. It just depends yeah. what's going on. If you're if you're buying for investment purposes or to you know service the debt type thing, how do you how do you detach from making an emotional responsive purchase? It's like what Matt says. It's all a math equation. Yeah, if, yeah. Like we don't get out of bed if we we can crunch the numbers in our head. Now we're we're quick with it. If it's ten percent, it's like why even bother going? You know, like yeah. They're asking X. There's no way they're going to meet us at Y. You know. So if it's like 30, 40%, then you got our interest. We might show up, you know, yeah. it so, just depends. So how many properties do you have to have to call yourself a, you know, big wig? Man, I mean, we're small time compared to these other guys, man. We How many properties do y'all have? I have to refer to my notes. Okay. I got you. I, I think we have 72 doors right now. Wow. That's Last, impressive. That I was in, build, in building and 72? showed 72. But some <laughs> units have like two doors and three well, doors. Well, no, that's a door. A door is a door. Doors a unit. Yeah, a door is a door. A door is a unit. 72 okay. households in. Yeah. So how uh, long have y'all been working together? Since 2017. Okay. So it's yeah. literally since basically, well, you met in 2015, but yeah. I mean, you hit the yeah. ground running business-wise with each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, but, but then over time, you know, over the course of 30 years, like you have to think about this in terms of that time scale. Over the course of 30 years, you've really paid off the buying price to get into this building or get into this business. Well, I mean. it depends because yeah. even in that amount of time, you might have already paid for it multiple times. It just depends. Really? Because you, I mean, we do it all the time. We pull money out to buy other assets and yeah. you cash out refi, you have a new balance on your mortgage. And yeah, okay. we'll, we'll get into those a little bit 
some of those details in a little bit, but let's go back to Chance's uh, question about yeah. about emotion because it, it's really important. It's you a know? big driving factor sometimes. It, it, it's really important, especially, you know, younger folks come into a little bit of money, uh, say they, they've lived in a certain area their entire life, and they mm-hmm. they see something that's shiny, right? It, me- it means something to them. But there's not an economic plan for that, right? There's not going right. to be a return on that investment for for a decade. Yeah. So I'm a, you're a doctor, right? They call you doc. Yeah. You're a doctor of what? I mean, people. Of people? Okay. Yeah. Right. I wasn't sure. I mean, you hang around yeah. this guy. He so. is a medical doctor. He's a real yeah. medical he's doctor. A, he's a real motherfucking okay. doctor. So <laughs> in, in your practice, you have certain tools, right? Yeah. And and you wouldn't you wouldn't take your tools and lock them in a closet where you didn't have access to them and still try to practice, would you? No. Okay. So as an investor, what you're not going to do is you're not going to take your emotions, okay, and put them in a position where you're going to take your your tools, which is your capital. When you're an investor, your your tool, okay, your primary yeah. tool is your capital. You're not going to take your capital and lock it in a closet and go on down the road and continue to try to be an investor. It, right. It, if you do, you're going to fail. So you can't you can't make these emotional decisions because a lot of times you make an emotional decision, you're going to lock your your capital up, and it's not going to be liquid anymore, and you can't move forward. Wow. It's stuck in that closet. Yeah. Yeah. And and so one way to maybe rephrase that. So is and, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we love him no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I heard he came out of the closet. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh. He's, he's kind of like, uh, yeah. comes out for a little bit and then goes back in. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> like man, a ground, groundhog. I lost my man. thought. Thanks There's you. this one scene in a 2001 movie called Out Cold. It's a funny snowboarding movie. And the one bartender who's friends with everybody, uh, they, they're in the scene, and he's like, I just want you guys to know something. And they're like, you're gay? And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm adopted. <laughs> he's like, but if I was gay, is that okay? And they're like, yeah, it'd be kind of weird if you weren't. We don't. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, so I don't even know what my idea was, you know? Yeah, like I lost uh, it. It's gone. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, hey. we're talking about emotions and capital. Yeah, your liquid, your, basically your capital, your cash, uh, your liquid right. assets being available to you and not locking okay. them away because does Matt is clearly speaking hypothetically about somebody he has absolutely no clue about. Right, since, sitting right. at this table. <laughs> well, okay, do emotions keep you from taking on risk? Oh, yeah. So, yes, so, so, so it causes you to misjudge the amount of risk that you actually have. Oh, even analysis paralysis. Oh, analysis paralysis. Yeah. 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 I went on a date with her once. Was that a porn? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a porn. Okay. So, so how do you fail at this business? It's the podcast name. That's for sure. Oh, that is a good podcast. People, people do fail at this business. How do they fail besides the whole, you know, emotions thing? So, so they they get bad tenants. They have a bad run on things. You know, it's like yeah, they just can't service the debt. They're they over leveraged. Over leveraged. House burns down. Don't know. Right. Didn't have the right insurance in place. No, a true catastrophic failure is just being over leveraged. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. gotcha. So if you're young, you go a little low and slow. You know, you don't buy 
10 properties. Well, they're, they're, look, there's... You, don't you, chase the shiny, flashy ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Find the yeah. ones that need a little love, maybe. Oh, yeah. No, lots of love. I mean, our, our, our business model... The smellier, the, the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, you walk into a property and it smells like cat shit. Okay. That's what money smells like. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, I All like right. that. It, it, the, That's the, good. I'm working the, down that. Yeah. The, <laughs> the worse it smells, the better. Okay. Wow. So our business model has been buying cash. This is our business model, right? There's yeah. a, there's other ways to do it, and we and if you guys want to talk about that, we'll be happy to talk about that. But we buy in cash, we rehab in cash, okay? Then we rent stabilize it, and we'll do that with five or six houses. And then once we get them rent stabilized, uh-huh. we we take that portfolio to the bank and we get our money back, okay? If we bought right, so just to hypothetically say we had five houses, okay, and we had a mi- we ended up with a million dollars in those five houses, yeah, okay, two hundred grand a piece. That includes purchase, okay, full rehab, and then we start to cash flow them, okay? We get them rent stabilized. We go to the bank. If we bought right and the market's still good, these things appraise out. They appraise out at $1.8 million. Wow. So we made eight hundred grand. but here, here's what we do. We take a mortgage, yep. okay, $1.5 million. We only got a million in it. So what happened? You've John, made, what happened? We, you've been rolled. We generated money out of thin air. Yeah. yeah. Half a million dollars worth. Yeah. Yeah. We made we we made five hundred thousand dollars. Now here here's a beautiful thing. That five hundred thousand dollars that we made is not gonna be paid by you. It's well, not, one, it's not gonna be paid yeah. by us. Two, and, we're we're not gonna pay taxes on either. You know why? Right. Why? Because it's debt. Yeah. It's debt. But now valid. Now all of a you sudden you don't pay taxes on debt. You actually have you you actually earn on Carson on Sands debt. just kicked the door in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's our CPA. <laughs> so it, yeah. it it's debt. So then what we do is we take that that big nest of money and we right. go out and we do the exact same thing again. But this time we don't do it with five houses. We do it with seven houses. Mm. Right? Wow. But let's get back to the young folks. Let's talk about uh, Sean. Let's talk about a balanced portfolio. What does a balanced portfolio look like? You have to have so in Matt's scenario with the extra the five hundred k that we pulled out cash, you yep. have to be able to generate more than what you're getting taxed at, which is the interest rate in which we refinance that. So three and a half, I don't know, four percent, five percent. So yeah, you're paying something on this five hundred k, right? Yeah, five hundred. Mm-hmm. It's still getting washed by the mortgage that your renters are paying you, but you still got to generate some additional returns on it, or else it's going to mm-hmm. be you know you're losing every month basically. So you take the money and you try to find other opportunity to generate, like I said, 15 or more percent with that same money and you rinse and repeat, rinse yep. and repeat. Yep. But you can't have, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Otherwise you pay the price. Like we had a bunch of friends during COVID that there was the uh, eviction moratorium Yeah. and all these people decided that they weren't going to pay rent. And mm-hmm. then get ultimately who still has to come up with the mortgage yeah, payment a, every it's, month. It's the right? guys like you. So why do the renters get right. to forego the payment, but the guy who owes the bank the money, doesn't. who's housing the people, doesn't has to pay the mortgage still, right? The bank right. he still has to pay the landlord. You don't get a moratorium on that, right? Yeah. So who's so so, so you got to like catch ass? Well, during COVID. that's that's where you try to balance your portfolio out. So I'd say we're. About sixty percent subsidized rents at yeah. the moment in our portfolio because HUD's not going anywhere. That's a big branch of the government. I don't know who's in charge of it now. It was Ben Carson. No idea. I don't know. But uh, you got to have it to stabilize things because 
you know, we've had people go underwater during COVID. Yeah. They yeah. nobody paid their rent, nobody paid their rents. You couldn't even evict them. So what were you going to do? You know, you got to set the place on fire. Was that so, stressful? Luckily for us, we pivoted right before COVID. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the majority of our portfolio was subsidized, and we still mm-hmm. continued on. Wow. We didn't really have anybody that didn't want to pay rents. We had one guy, but we got him on something else. Well, uh, if you have a good tenant, we, we were ended up in this situation, and uh, she ended up unemployed. And we had a good tenant, and I guess you got to balance out that uh, – if you have a good tenant and you want to keep them for another year or two, then we we gave her a couple months. We were happy to. Like, yeah. It was like, we we want you here. So what do we do to work with So you with work you? with her. Yeah, obviously you don't want them taking advantage of that, but she got two months um, rent-free and stuck around for another year or two, I believe. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But if you got a shitty tenant already, then. Yeah, it's give or take. I mean, it's all circumstantial and situational. If uh, we've had a tenant with us now, she we've seen her have zero kids to like eight. <laughs> and and we've moved her from one small house to a big house where she can house all these kids. Wow. But it's situational. I mean, you know, she she is subsidized, but she has all these kids and doesn't can't have, can't have a job because she's got to watch these kids. They're all in different ages. And so her portion of her rent was like 50 bucks a month. Okay? Yeah. And the government paid the rest, which was, I don't know, call it 1800 bucks. So... Do we kick her out for not paying her $50 portion because she's trying to support these eight kids or not? You know, it's $50, but $50 times seven years, it becomes, you know, a little chunk of change. So do y'all handle the subsidy or does the subsidy just happen? We handle it. We got to have like hand to hand Mm. conversations with these folks. Wow. We're we're pretty close with. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we were. Uh, we Please were, explain how you have hand to hand conversations. I, need, <laughs> I mean, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where do you get that set of skills? Um, so, we were fortunate to meet a lady who was embedded with the city, and she kind of pointed us to the right direction with all the other subsidies in town. Yeah. And uh, last year, not to toot our own horn, but uh, Matt and I were awarded. Uh, Landlords of the Year from Tarrant County Homeless Coalition. Wow. Yeah, we had no idea. I mean, Tarrant, that's kind of a, uh, I mean. Wait a minute, a bunch of homeless people awarded (laughs) you Landlord of the Year? You were awarded Landlord of the Year from Tarrant County Homeless (laughs) How are they homeless if you're giving them a home? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So Tarrant County Homeless Coalition is the governing body. They're the ones that receives all the grants and funds and push it out to all the other subsidies in town. So, like, uh, they're the governing body, so they push it out to VASH, which is the Veterans Association. He just said VAG. VASH. 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 Turning you on over there. You know where Doc's mind is tonight. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Hand conversations and VASH, baby. Um, But, yeah, no, it's an interesting group. They're they're the head honchos in town, so... um, they they can be a little difficult to work with, and uh, the subsidy it's a regulatory well, body, you know. So they they want to yeah. they want to talk about affordability and things of that nature, yeah. And how there's a lack of affordability, and how there's a lack of homes for the homeless and things of that nature. But they want to make this the the process smoother, but they're very difficult to get a hold of at times. Yeah. And you and you're dealing with 
bureaucrats. Yeah, you're dealing with government yeah. employees. Yeah, yeah. right. No. And they're and they're closed on Thursdays, and they're not open on you know they close at twelve o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah. And it's like, when are you guys working? And I'm in the field. I can't return calls. We're still waiting for a fucking inspector. Don't that, you have an Obama phone? Right. Yeah, you can answer your call in the field, man. Come on. So it, it's just you know you got to take it with a grain of salt. You got to be able to navigate the bureaucracy as best yeah. you can and not get frustrated. Which it's real easy to become frustrated. I've, I've Often joke with Matt. I'm like, I'm fucking going to the. I'm going up there, dude. I'm going up there. Yeah. <laughs> Pissing me off. Two weeks. Yeah, but but you dodging my be able, calls. Th- there's no there, <laughs> and and you wouldn't be able to actually talk to the person. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because there's no person. It's you get yeah AI. right. Yep. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's just a governmental body, oh, right? Yeah, it's interesting how it all pans out. Like, <laughs> is, the, is the homeless situation getting worse in oh, yeah. Fort Worth? Yeah, it's getting pretty bad in town. Fort Worth area. Mm, you think yeah. it's a homeless problem or is it a drug epidemic? Uh, I think it's a homeless problem. Yeah. I think it's an economic they issue. They go hand in hand, really. Yeah, well, yeah it's they like sure the do. economy at scale. Yeah. Like, is I want to know what percentage, harsh. though, that you think is like truly homeless or... What percentage is... We see it all the time. What, we, what percentage is drug-induced yeah. homelessness? <sighs> I mean, the economy Self, at scale is suffering. It's it's bad economy. I don't right know, now. man. I see... Well, it, I mean, it's not as bad here, but you look at places like uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, yeah. and it seems like it's a drug-induced homeless epidemic, especially with... What is it? Trank? It's fentanyl and uh, horse tranquilizer, something like that. <laughs> just freeze can, in place. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally zombies. <laughs> And they can't get off of it. I had one of those last night. It was fabulous. <laughs> like you, you had you had some trank, <laughs> little trank. Did, did you sleep good? Did you sleep standing up? <laughs> I, I don't remember. <laughs> did he say trank or trans? I <laughs> oh man! But my wife woke up with a smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> so they put in a little Viagra in that trank. Then <laughs> no, but it is it. It's tough times yeah. for a lot of people. We've seen and worked with a lot of. Uh, battered women yeah in these shelters that we house some out of um and we usually get the call at like you know two in the morning my ex-boyfriend's here beating down the door like what the fuck do you want me to do about it yeah you don't want me to come there trust me call the cops yeah and you know it's very circumstantial also but it is a lot of drugs too right sure so how many hours a week do y'all put in Uh, it depends on what what's going on in the portfolio Like right now, we're kind of stabilized. We're just waiting for things to boil over. Sean okay. puts 24 hours a day, seven days a weekend. This guy will send me a fucking real or a funny thing on Instagram at like 4 a.m. I'm like, do you fucking sleep ever? No, to, to, I mean, answer, you, to answer your question, you got, I think, there's a little hustle to this, like right? Maybe yeah. right now, maybe four hours a week. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a lot right now, but. Our portfolio is very stabilized at the moment. Yeah. Everything's rented. Yeah. We, this month, as a matter of October, was one of our like. Okay, but how about when when you were hustling? Oh, it's twenty four hour thing. You're looking at it, emails with looking at deals, yeah. going to houses, going in attics, coming down, crunching numbers, dealing with tenants. It's it can be it can be overbearing yeah. for most. I yeah. mean, it's it's a it's your own business. So, but you, you get think bigger you get what too. you give basically. Yeah. You know so. Yeah. You gotta give what you want. So I think that's what that's how you have to think about it. Like it's your own business. You're not working for anybody. I guess you're working for your tenants. Well, you're gonna get out what you put you're in. You're working for yourself yeah. mostly. You're, you're gonna get out what you put in. So you gotta decide yeah. what, what you wanna what you want out. And honestly, when the rate started going up, um again, early, you know, earlier I said it, it doesn't matter what the rate is. 
right? It really yeah. doesn't. The problem that we're having right now is is the the sellers and the deals that are available uh, don't lend themselves to being a successful deal with okay. the rates as high as they are, right? So I don't care what the rate is. If I can buy it at a at a at a a number that makes sense on the backside, right? That the market's yeah. going to support the rents and we're still going to cash flow and 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 meet our requirements, we'll buy. But those deals are so few and far between, and there's so much competition for right now. What we decided to do is like we worked really hard for the last several years put, putting all this together. So let's just rent stabilize everything, focus on what we got, and and actually see what what's going on. Because yeah. we were spending so much time and money on rehab. You know, we we have all this money coming in, but you we couldn't really see it. We couldn't really feel it. You know, yeah. because there's a constant turn. Um, I, I think last year we spent almost $200,000 at Lowe's, wow. just at Lowe's, yeah. you know, and then we have labor costs and that's just, that's just one hardware store. Right. You know, right. So, you know, we spend a million dollars on material and labor in a year and you don't, you don't know what you have. So we spent that we haven't 18 months, Sean, we've bought two houses. Mm-hmm. So more really kind of slowed the growth a well, little we, bit. We bought a bunch in Alito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bought like five. Full circle back to uh, what we were uh, really started this with, with the affordability of single family living. So on one hand, you have thir- up to 33% of regulatory uh, reasoning for the home prices. On the other hand, you have giant hedge funds, uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, those guys coming in. Yeah. Rent, rents so how, are up. How do you, uh, oh God, you're moving everything again, Doc. Oh shit. Oh, you fuck it all up all the time. Okay. Um, hey, will you hand me that ZZ top? Oh yeah, the Trace, trace Ombres. Yeah. I'm glad to. It was easy to from Balconis. Yeah. So how do you regulate out the hedge fund guys without making it harder and oh. more cost prohibitive for I don't think you do the regulate them guys. out. Like I th- I think they're big enough that they have their hand in the that's, policy. That's really the truth. Well, they've got specific buy criteria. So yeah. just work around their buy criteria. So you're either in like tiny apartments or McMansions. Because everything in between, they seem to buy, right? Yeah, it just depends. Or older built structures. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, stuff before 1980. Pretty much. Yeah, most of our stuff's. But is that. there is there a way in in a realistic universe where lobbyists don't destroy everything uh, that is good? <laughs> is there a way to fix that and regulate those guys out? Well, the the, the market will move them out eventually. Okay? okay, they're 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 after a return for their invest mm-hmm. for their investors, right? For where they mm-hmm. get their funds, they, those people who invest with them expect expect a, a certain return, right? So, right. the hedge funds and the institutional money, when they went into this, they they saw they saw the future, they saw what was coming. So, they they went in and they they bought these communities. Eventually, when the market changes and there's somewhere else that they can take their their money and put it and get a a, a safe, yeah. reliable return, they'll do it. Okay, so they'll slow down buying in the single family market. Okay, gotcha. and they'll they'll move somewhere else. Another another big um, hot area right now is is uh, industrial warehousing. Okay, mm-hmm. huge, so, smoking hot. What do they call yeah. that? Tilt wall fabrication. Yeah, just these huge Amazon yeah. type warehouses. Yeah, yeah. That, that's smoking hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what what what's on the decline? Office space. Okay, yeah. A lot of lessons were learned during COVID, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. Of, a lot of you know. Um, People can work just as efficiently from home. You know, American Airlines spent nearly a billion dollars building a, a campus in Dallas, and they opened it up. And what happened right after they opened it? COVID. COVID came, and they yeah. shut it down. 
Yep. Battery wow. just went dead. Yeah. Keep going. It'll come back. There it, it is. Went. Nope. Nope. It's done. <laughs> you think it's done, done? Mm, no, it'll come back to, on. I'll have to go reset it probably. Yeah. It'll, I'll just have to unfuck it. Damn this thing. <laughs> this is what happens when you do Southern engineering. and <laughs> Not plugged in? Yeah. No, it gets, it gets hot. hot. It quits. Ah, what? Go, GoPro gets hot. Really? Yeah. Huh. Go for it. After too long. of No, but you're right. They learned... They learned during COVID that people didn't have to actually come to a location to learn. Yeah. Or, or work right? or, or do any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you don't have to be there. Technology has advanced to the point where, you know, people can be highly mobile. And and I yeah. I think I think some of the smaller smaller towns, especially in Texas, have have benefited from that. Oh, I uh, think so. Little little areas Absolutely. like you know, Decatur, Paradise. Decatur. Yeah. Um, you know, mineral wells, there's, there's these smaller towns that people are migrating to because now they can live there mm-hmm. and actually earn a living wage. You know, I, I have patients who don't have to go into work. They, they moved out from the city because they don't have to actually go into work or they have to go into work very minimally once a week, or once something. a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, good for them, but, but so for qu- quality of life for them, their quality of life is increased. Yeah. Know X number of fold, um, yeah. Because they they don't have to be tied to that office building. So office space is is suffering. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Did you see Biden's new plan? He's pumping a billion dollars into the economy to or into commercials to convert office space into residential. Residential, mm-hmm. uh, uh, i.e., yeah. for probably illegals <laughs> that have moved to New York or not been moved. I mean, why do you always City? go there? Like what? Yeah. I mean, could, could Biden have a good plan? No, no, no. There's no good plans <laughs> that come from that administration because I it's true. You. There's a lot of truth to it. They, uh, yeah, yeah. didn't they displace veterans to move in, um, illegal undocumented <laughs> citizens. <laughs> didn't that really happen? I, it, it wouldn't surprise me with this administration. Yeah, yeah. I forgot where it happened. I, I was listening to some World War sure, II vet like, talk about it. D.C. and New York City. I mean, you, huge leftist. They're uh, paying big money. Cities. City. New York City is paying big money to house uh, Ukrainian war refugees right now. Oh, so that's that's why they don't have wow. room for the uh, uh, southern border undocumented <laughs> citizens. That's, Their per diem is like two hundred bucks a day or something. That's something ridiculous. The, the term sanctuary city. I wish I to, got 200 bucks a day. <laughs> right, the term sanctuary you know? city seemed to drop off pretty quick, didn't it? Once they started bussing these people to these. Uh, I'm a fucking doctor and I, I go to work and I'm like, I hope I got five bucks. <laughs> you know, that's like, it just doesn't seem right. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. <laughs> not you, buying it. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you drive again? Say one more time. I mean, it's a Tesla. Hard times. Yeah. You're yeah. living some hard times. Did he say a Tesla? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tesla. Tulsa. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Hard times he's having. I, over I got. I got to go, guys. A used. Mm. Used Tulsa. I got to go. I can't be at the same table. I can't be at the same table. Oh man. Diesel or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you I got ain't you. rolling cold, then you're sucking dick. <laughs> I know, right? Boy, well, that's hard to like. And he also has a Vespa, on. so a Vespa. Yeah, <laughs> and before that, does it run had... on ethanol? No, no, no. And before that, he had a Prius. So, ooh, damn. Uh, you wonder why we oh. question. Yeah, remember that time I told you sometimes he comes out, but then he goes back. Dude, yeah. comes dude, back and I am not leftist. I'm just saying. Wow, I don't know how you settle settle yourself. 
or work that equation. Rare. Right? I mean, right. he simply bought the Tesla because he supports Elon and free speech and sure, capitalism. Sure. Okay. Obviously. Yes, uh-huh. that's yeah. why. Yeah, absolutely. Let's bump it up a notch. Let's uh, move out of um, real estate investing and talk about a little bit about Politics. diversifying. Because I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to. Okay. That okay. too. We can talk about yeah, that okay. too. But diversifying, I don't. I don't want to get it into too much detail because they're going to start charging us by the hour. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. Know, <laughs> well, Chance, I want, I want to leave your listeners with uh, with with some little nuggets before we move on too far. Okay, from real okay, stuff. okay. So, I like this. Um, again, real estate investing—it's all about the math. Okay, T- take the emotion out of it. Have a well balanced uh, portfolio. Okay, and it, it's hard to balance one from the beginning, but it, it's something you do over time. Um, our portfolio is balanced on on multiple different accesses. Okay, so you have you have we have cash flow heavy assets. Okay, we have assets uh-huh. that that don't appreciate and probably won't appreciate, but they cash flow like crazy. Like okay, we're, we're talking a, a thirty thousand dollar investment that returns fifteen hundred dollars positive a month. Yeah. Okay. So but in five years, it's still going to be thirty thousand. It's still going to be thirty thousand dollars, right? Yeah. But what we've done is we've gotten a hundred percent of our cash investment back, okay, in fourteen to sixteen months. Okay, wow. amazing, amazing, yeah. right? Great cash, and everybody's like, "Well, what what kind of crap does that?" It's an infinite return. So if you're not spending it, you're growing it. Mo- mobile homes, okay. Mm-hmm. There's there's a small community in in uh, Alito. Um, the owner of the property it's uh it's owned by this corporation called Yes Communities. They're the largest uh, privately owned. Um, corporation of mobile home pad sites. They have 86,000 mobile home pad sites in 17 different states. That okay? dumb. They allow us to rent the homes in there. We have to pay a pad site lease. We don't own the land, but we can go into this neighborhood and we can buy a house for between fifteen dollars and $30,000. Yeah. Okay. The section, because it's in Alito, the Section 8 rent over there is $2,700 a month for a three bedroom. Okay. Wow. So, you you run the math out there, so that that's your cash flow asset, right? So we yeah. have heavy cash flow assets. Uh, then we have assets that appreciate, okay, over time. The cash flow is a lot tighter, okay, a whole lot tighter. They're not they're not cash flowing like crazy, but they do cash flow. They service the debt, okay, and yeah. they're appreciating. So we're getting equity buy down and appreciation on those properties. And then we have a portion of our our portfolio that we hold in cash. And I'm not talking about cash, but properties that have no debt. Right. Okay? They're 100% free and clear. And again, if, if you really want to get into real estate investing and you want to make a long-term run at it, um, 2008 was a disaster for a lot of folks because yeah. leverage was easy. They got in there. They got over-leveraged. Prices came down. Um, they weren't always smart. They got these adjustable rate mortgages. When they reset, these guys these guys got taken out. Yeah. Um, our portfolio overall, I think we're we're leveraged about fifty three percent or something like that. Sean, is that sound yeah. right? Yeah. We're wow. So about fifty three percent leverage. And by that, you mean like the amount per month that you actually have to pay. What I mean by that is the the value of our total portfolio versus our um, debt. Our debt. Yeah. So we're, we're we're leveraged a little over fifty percent. Okay. But that's a big number if you're talking about like seventy two doors. Yeah. No, it's a big number. Right. And and we started off with uh, I think we both funded the company 
we both had a couple things on our own. Yeah. Um, and and I, I I chose to work with Sean. I think Sean chose to work with me because we have we have strengths and weaknesses that complement each other, right? And some people say, why, why would you bring in a partner like that? Oh, and, I'm with you. And Sean said something earlier about the you know the manager. What'd you say about the management? Nobody cares about your property like you do. Right. Okay. Same thing with the business. Yeah. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares about a business like a business owner. Right. right. So having Sean as 50% business partner in, in all of our companies, we have multiple holding companies. Um, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it any other way. And yeah. it, it, it works for us. We respect each other. Right. We have this great relationship and we're able to build and move forward. And sometimes he has ideas that I'm like out of his mind. And sometimes I have ideas. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it's like, are but, you on that trank again? What <laughs> <laughs> you have, but I can say it like you, you, you almost can't describe it, but you have checks and balances. I don't know how people do it without a partner. There's no Ooh. such thing as a self-made millionaire. Really? No, no. there's all about the team behind you. No, it's a, it's like having a business partner is a dialectic process. Mm. Like it can only grow you or, or, or it could or like vary you. Right. Yeah. As like, long as your business partner is willing to put in their part, <laughs> and, and even that is growth, yeah, right, yeah. No, we complement each other well. So there's, you yeah. know, he'll he'll go out of town. I cover things. I go out of town. He covers things. Um, he he's got his his strengths at dealing with people. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not. I, I have low tolerance for bullshit, so I'm I'm really quick to tell people to fuck off. Um, he, he's got more patience. <laughs> I see him over here. He's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's truth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nobody's allowed to call Matt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, we've had uh, we've had some good ones. Are those uh, all the nuggets you had? That's most of them for now, um, listeners out there. If uh, you know, if you're interested in this and you're listening to the radio and you hear a commercial about learn how to make money in real estate with none of your own money, it's not. They're no. they're not. It's not real. They're only trying to grow their own. Don't, don't their own wealth, yeah, not yours. Don't 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 do it. If, if we can we can give you details on that, but if you're really interested in it, re- reach out to the host of the show. They can hook you up with us, and we'll be happy to talk to you. Wow. Okay. Cool. Wow. I have a couple of bullet points to wrap it up with. One one we can just quickly touch on. You know, brick and mortar versus stocks and diversifying. I mean, where where do you think people should position themselves if once they do start accumulating wealth and, and having success, uh, how to, to, to keep that carrying on. I perpetuate uh, that. I'm a anti stock market type cat. Okay. Just because you can't, you have no control over it, the, it asset. terrifies me. Mm-hmm. You have no control. Yeah. What are you going to call the CEO of uh, GE and be like, Hey man, you think you could perform a little better? Cause I'm getting like 6% here. What's yeah. going on now? Yeah. As opposed to, you know, real estate, you can really iron out the, numbers and yeah. understand what the worst case is and what the best case is. And you have full control of that. Right. right. Call me a control freak, I guess. Well, you, you can put the work in. Right. Right. And, and so you can take a place and say, well, fuck, I'm going to actually have to spend 10 hours a week to better this place, put in the 10 hours and, and build a margin there, quite literally build a margin. Your success is contingent on your effort that you're mm-hmm. putting in and your right. time. Right. Oh, yeah. But it's not that way with stocks. You're no. putting it into a machine and hope for the best. That's right. 
Chance, yeah. I think to answer your question, it's, it's a, you know, you got to weigh your risk, mm-hmm. what you want, and then you got to look at your lifestyle. You know, uh, the business that, that Sean and I are in is, uh, it can be demanding. It's got its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, you know, we're at the point now where we're not putting a whole lot of time into it, but it, it can be very time consuming. Um, but you can mitigate your risk mm-hmm. in, in, in real estate, right? So what are some ways that you can mitigate your risk? Well, we do it with insurance. Yeah. Mitigate our risk with mm-hmm. insurance. You can kind of do that in stock market if you really know what you're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're not buying or we're not paying big commissions for anybody to manage our money. We're, we're doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are different assets of stocks and, and REITs. If you're really interested in real estate but, yeah. and you want to have some of the tax benefit of real estate, um, you can look at some REITs. I'm not, I'm not going to name any specifically. Those will be real estate investment trusts. Correct. A real estate investment trust. It's mm-hmm. called a REIT. It's a publicly traded um, asset. Okay. Um, there's REITs that deal with basically just uh, data warehouses. There's REITs that deal yeah. with shopping malls. There's REITs for anything and everything, right? Um, so you can do your homework on that. REITs historically have pay a, a very high dividend. And the reason they do that is because there's tax advantage to, to, to the REIT operator, right? Gotcha. If, they, if they pay a certain percentage of the total revenue out as a dividend payment, they don't pay any taxes on a, on a portion that they get to keep. Um, also with REITs, you get, you get the um, depreciation um, pass forward and so on. So you're going to have gotcha. a lower tax base. You have a higher income, lower tax base on your dividends on, on your REITs. So yeah. if you're really interested in that, um, another type of uh, real estate investment that we didn't touch on is uh, syndications. Mm-hmm. So there's companies out there and people out there that'll go find a, a, a big apartment complex, a 500-unit apartment complex. 500-unit apartment complex, depending on where you're buying, is anywhere between you know, 200 million and a billion dollars. Wow. Depending on where it's at. So there, there's a big spread there, but what, what you'll do is you'll, you'll deposit your money with them. They're going to use your money and other investors money uh, and leverage to go buy a distressed property like this. They rehab it. This is how most of these deals work. They rehab it, rent stabilize it. You get a preferential payment. They're going to say, okay, we're going to give you 10% on your money, but you're probably not going to start getting payments until we get the same cash flow. So it could take eight, eight months, a year. Yeah. Then what they'll do is generally these syndications, they'll, they'll get it rent stabilized and they go to the bank and they refinance it. Well, usually when they refinance it, they do like Sean and I did. They pull yeah. more out than they had in it. So what happens is generally you'll get your money back when they refinance it, but you still own a percentage of this, a small percentage of this property. So you're going to get monthly dividend checks, mm. right, for the, the cash flow off that property. And then eventually one day they sell it. Yeah. So you get two big checks. You get the check when they refinance it. And then whenever they sell it. And then whenever they sell it. And, and then monthly and, cash flow. And in between you get the monthly cash flow. So okay. that's, that's a really good um, hands-off investment. Mm. Okay, in real estate, and again, you're going to get the depreciation. You're going to get all the other benefits that come along with investing in real estate with with one of those syndications. Okay, I got you. How do you how do you actually find a what'd you say syndication? 
Google. <laughs> oh, wow. Or knowing the right Yeah, you people. go to like real estate meetups and things and yeah. people talk and shake hands. Yeah, no, you I can gotcha. find somebody. You can search for these things. Um, yeah, Google, you can find them. So it'd be a good activity just to start going to these things, yeah. these meetups. It never hurts. Just to listen in. Gain some knowledge. Right. You may not have to spend a, you know, a dime yet. Just gain some knowledge. Yeah, and, that's and what some I think. foresight. Yeah. Or so. even tell yourself like, I'm going to go to these things for like six months. Sure. Well, yeah. Before I make a decision. Well, the, for, for those people that are really interested in, in learning this stuff, there's uh, there's these associations called RIAs, yeah, Real Estate um, Investment Association. Okay. And the, you can you can again you can Google these things. They're they're basically everywhere. Yeah. But they have they have like scheduled meetings, and you can go to these meetings, and it's a good way to meet contractors and sellers and people That's that are cool. just in the business. Yeah, in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a big one coming up in uh, Hyena's Comedy Club. Oh, that's a great place, too. Mm. In Fort Worth. Yeah. It's, in it's, it's a cool comedy club. So that's called a RIA. Yeah. Real estate investment. But those syndications, it's a, it's a place to park money because, I mean, you could get your money back in a year to five years. It just depends. So. Right. And your hands off completely. It's not really tangible unless you're in the same state that they're buying this property and you can go look at it and stuff, but Good eyes on it. Yeah. yeah. It is a, it is a way to invest. Yeah. It's a, like, if you ever meet somebody and he's like, Oh, I own 5,000 units and you're like, really, but do you really? And then you learn that he's part of this syndication with like 400 other he people. Owns, and yeah. He owns inflating. 2% of 5,000. Yeah. It's units. a fractional margin. What do they know? say about yeah. Trump? He's just inflating his assets. Well, what fucking male on the planet, red blooded American male on the planet has it inflated their yeah. assets. <laughs> See, but I, I think it's a theme, like, like okay, so you can put your money in something and hustle for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can actually work for it, you, and you stand a chance of getting a larger return, or you can put your money in something that you don't hustle for. Right. They hustle for you, and, and, and you stand a chance and, of getting some return, but yeah. you're not going to you know, possibly get the return that you could get right. if you were hustling for yourself. Yeah, we've been fortunate enough to navigate the different types of investments and learn what we can return. We can return infinite returns. And why would we give anybody, you know, half a million dollars to return 10%? That's a great place to be. When we can return infinitely, you know? Yeah. So, it, yeah. It, and, and again, it goes to what Matt says. It's, it's a lifestyle choice. How much do you really want to work at it? Do you want to be hands-on? Do you want to be hands-off? It's you just, okay with risk? Yeah. 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 It's, there's many variables to the decision-making process. So how, okay, so here's a tough, tough question. How much capital does a young person need to start, a 22-year-old? To start in this business, you can literally, you couldn't literally start with zero dollars. You really could. Seriously. You you can. Yeah. It's It's going to be risky. There's going to be some hustle, but you can start with zero. You got to be boots on the ground hitting the street. Yeah. Knocking on doors. Yeah. You you, you could start wholesaling with, with a hundred bucks. Okay. Literally a hundred dollars. So what do you mean by that wholesaling? So wholesaling, you're the middleman. So let's say you're yeah. a homeowner and I know you and you want to sell your house. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'll buy your house for a hundred or a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay? But your neighbor, um, I know your neighbor and he wants your house. He'll pay whatever I give him the number to be. Yeah. So I go to chance. I'm like, Hey man, I got your neighbor's house. I was thinking about buying it myself, but do you want it for 150? And you're like, oh, you know, 150 is a pretty good price, man. I'll, I'll take it. So this guy just literally pushes paper mm. and assigns wow. the assigns the purchase contract to Chance, and then he walks away with a check for 50 large. Yeah, you can actually do that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's a, that's a that's a great way to lead us into this last topic that I want to wrap everything up on, and that's investment scams. Because inevitably, okay. at any given minute, any given day, there is always somebody out there that is willing to take your money and run and never see, see them I, again. I worry about the monthly meetup. Mm-hmm. There's always those Nigerian princes, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there's local yokels too. As Matt knows about this. There was a there was a crew that came into town offering huge gains and all kinds of opportunities to put in a livestock processing facility here in Decatur here in Decatur (laughs) and they made it sound good but there was a few red flags I caught a few my wife caught a few and I Ah. asked Matt I'm like is this shit legal can they do this he goes oh yeah it's absolutely legal to Wow. Uh, what is the saying? A, a fool is easily parted with his money, and it's 100% legal for somebody to come in and rip you the fuck off because <laughs> you're naive and stupid. So this place came in promising uh, X amount of return. per. I think it was like 80. If you invested $100,000 within a year and a half, you would have $80,000 oh. a year cash flow. Oh, and wow. That sounds great. That's a big one. Sounds great. And then you would have so many slots available to you to bring in your animals for processing. And then you uh, you essentially skip uh, the middleman mm. for distributing your own beef. Mm. Okay. So you're, one, selling your own beef at no cost other than yep. a minimal processing fee. Two, you're uh, you're a member of this association, so you're you're cash flowing eighty thousand dollars a year on a hundred thousand dollar investment. The no brainer. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like oh, okay, so, so I had to ask Matt. So how like, do you identify that as a scam? scam? Okay, let's get. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So I asked Matt, and he's like, Yeah, sounds funny. Fuck send, no. it's, send me all the documents. That's some smelly stuff. I want to see. Yeah. It. So uh, I sent them whenever they sent me. And we sat down with this lady and started asking her questions. And uh, one of the questions was, um, you know, we have land already purchased out east of town, but we decided that this place is now, there's so many people that are interested that it uh, they didn't close on the place because now there's so many people interested um, that they're going to need a bigger location. It was 20 acres originally. Now they need a bigger location to put in this larger facility. Okay, so uh-huh. that's one. Two, they have so many people interested, and spots are filling up quick, so hurry up and get involved. Get on the bandwagon while you can. But if you know anybody, please send them my way. So that's two red flags. Like, you're selling out slots quick, but you still need referrals? Okay, that's odd. Three was the the numbers situation. It it wasn't realistic with cows. They were saying they were going to bring in cattle. Uh, from the panhandle and then also handle all the processing for the county and all the producers here. Hmm. I can't really explain it's a big that. workload. I can't really explain that to people that aren't in the business, but it it was it that was four. That was fishy. Um did I skip three? I don't remember. Whatever. Uh the other part was when we asked for credentialing and history and uh you know former pro formas and business models <clears throat> They didn't have those crickets. They didn't. Wow. They didn't even so much as have a rough computer generated con- conceptual drawing Ooh. of this facility. Okay, so the land's not there. Uh, the cattle numbers are skewed heavily to some place in the Panhandle. Yeah. Um, and then so did the, those- ca- the cash flow or the promise of return is 
very, very inflated. Okay? A huge return. 80 that's, on 100? Yeah, yeah. That's an 80% return. Uh, who wouldn't fucking yeah, do that? Who wouldn't Sign me up. That. I'm not even a cattleman. So were these people actively it, trying to screw people? Or oh, oh, we're getting did there. they so, just have an inflated... No. My, my interpretation is yes. They were trying to give people the shaft, collect their money. So this facility was supposed to cost like wow. $2.8 to build. On top of buying the land. So you have, I think, up to 70 investors given $100,000 a piece because you have to build, you got to buy, and then you've got to have the operating cost for processing the cows, hiring, uh, processing the cattle, hiring the labor, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. And then when I asked for portfolios and business history and this and that, I said, um, what is, give me an example. Okay, you don't have a rendering. You don't have a, a draw, not even, you know, an artist concept of what this place is. Not even a napkin? What the hell, man? You have no county permits filed <laughs> to even break ground, which you need for commercial projects. So it was looking sketch. Well, especially sketch. in a year's time, you're not going to get 80 if they don't even have permits or no, land. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, if you invest now within, no, it wasn't even a year's time. It was seven months. You're going to have cash flow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mailbox money. Okay. I would imagine in that business, isn't there a lot of environmental requirements? Oh, there was, there would be, required? I mean, realistically, you're looking at three <laughs> to four years construction I mean, you got time. the USDA. So yeah. yeah, we asked her, I said, okay, you have this processing facility that is supposedly installed and ready and operating in, in this place in Dimmit in the Panhandle. And I said, your guy that did this, she said, well, we, we were going to build a building there, but then we decided we would refurbish uh, an old tomato um, production yeah. <laughs> where they process tomatoes that have grown up there and then dist- distribute them out to the state. Okay, that's sketch. So, all right, where are your blueprints, your schematics? Because if you're processing livestock and you've got to be an FDA uh, or is it a U- you're a USDA inspected facility, where are your blueprints, your schematics, everything that's going to be involved in constructing this? And she's like, oh, no, this guy, he's he's a whiz. He's so smart. He comes in, and he's like, this should go there, and this room over here, That's that that needs to be the room yeah, for this right here, true. and this room over here. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is extremely sketchy at this point. So I, I asked her, I said, okay, well, what is his history with constructing these? She goes, oh, he comes from uh, building golf courses in Florida. And suddenly he has an altruistic vision that cattle he wants to quit. Processing. He wants to quit golf courses, get into cattle processing because he feels there's a lack, which there is. There's a there lack is. of, there's the big three processors yeah. and they kind of control the game. But suddenly this guy has an epiphany to leave the golf course construction and go into cattle processing facilities so, construction so to qu- fill a niche. Yeah. It's so your <laughs> bullshit detector. Has oh, it's, to be- it's, it's in the red, like, yeah, <laughs> and 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 so yeah, it's like you, in this business you have to actually learn how to pay attention to your bullshit. Yes, exactly. you really should pay attention to your instincts. You really should seek yeah. uh, advice and counsel from other people because their bullshit meters and are. So also maybe you off. get a fifty-fifty partner too, just so you can co-detect. Oh, co-detect. He's got but one. My- it's called his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. was, her bullshit meter was off before mine. But I was like, let's, I'm intrigued. That sounds good, see, man. 80K I'm, in a year. That's yeah, pretty good. incredible. <laughs> I mean, sold. who wouldn't, right? But your your sentiment towards me, Matt, was like, no, this shit happens every day. And it's mm-hmm. not Nigerians. It's not ISIS. Yeah. It's not somebody in a foreign country. It's it's American but, people ripping off American people. Yeah. Right. That, that's where emotions come in again mm-hmm. with, with investing. So it, it sounds, it sounds too good to be true, 
right? Um, it probably it, is. It, it probably is. But what happens is you want to believe that it's true. Yeah. You're mo- like, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm I emotionally believe, involved I wa- in the I wanna, industry. I want to make, right? yeah. make this money. This, right. This is, this, is, this is it. This is, this is the lick that's going to get me where I want to be. And you get emotion, you emotionally tied to that idea, and then you make a bad decision. Yeah. So, okay. So you don't go to school to learn this. No. These are this business, right? These, you, you, you have to make you got to make dumb decisions. Unfortunately, it's like right. It's like to learn what y'all do, you can't go to school and learn that, right? Uh, you you can, but you wouldn't want to. So okay. here's the deal: you you can go to college, you can spend two hundred grand on a on a on a fancy degree from some college, and learn all the business. Here, basics. mark this one because I think this is going to be a clip. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Well, who marks this? I'm marking it right here in my notepad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please so, continue. Look, you, okay. you you can spend all kinds of money on fancy degrees and and go to school, come out with a degree, yeah, and go on and do great things, right? Or you can get out there, you can hustle it. So, uh, mm. I, I I paid I paid for my education, right? You you paid for your education when yeah. you go to school. I paid for my education. In this I've made bad deals. Okay. Okay. Well, one of the first deals that I one of the biggest deals I did. Early on, uh, when I really kind of left the government work and started doing this more full in a full full time manner, um, I got tied up with the wholesale group, and I I I ate all their bullshit. You know, I got hook, line, and sinker. Sure, scammers. And um, yeah, they, they weren't necessarily scammers, but they you know they they, they operated with uh, low, low integrity and questionable and with, ethics and questionable ethics and. By the time it was all said and done, I was into this project for a year and three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I broke I broke even. Wow! Okay, so I, that was your tuition. That, that, I paid for my education, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I got lucky because I broke even. Right, Real lucky. A lot of people aren't lucky, yeah. and and they lose. And so we, and we actually have to. It happens. We step in and help these people out because they'll contact us and say, "Hey, you know, we got burned, and we need we need we're in a pinch. We need you to buy our place ASAP to save us from being foreclosed on." Yeah, yeah. It happened to us a lot. They try to appeal to you emotionally or something. Well, they need it. I mean, they mm-hmm. they they're just in uh, over their head. They're upside down. They're first yeah. time flippers. They they don't know how to fix the plumbing. You know, okay, all tough. sorts of. Do dishes. you send your kid to college? It depends. You know, that, that, that's a question. I've got three kids. I've got a, a nine-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 12-year-old, all boys. Yeah. And um, my, my wife went to college. I didn't go. It, yeah. it, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, my wife was on the five-year program from uh, Texas A&M. Sure. She had to do what she says is a victory lap. Yep, I'm with you. Um, she's, she's pushing the kids a little more towards, towards college. Okay? Schooling. Um, I, I I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, if they want to go, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the world has changed. You know, the, the, this current administration and Bernie Sanders and all these other yeah. folks, they, they want free college for everybody. But l- let me ask you guys sitting around this table, it, basic, basic stuff. If I, Doc, if I told you you could go to the bank and get as much money as you wanted anytime you wanted, yeah. what, what's the value of money? Valid. It, it, no it, it has no value. That's yeah. the same thing with free college for everybody. Okay. Yeah. The value, the value in a, in an education. Okay. And a college degree is the scarcity of that education in that college yeah. degree. If everybody has it, there is no value. That's okay? looking at college education economically. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's um, looking at money, the, the state of 
the being of America well, and well, it, the the economy as a no, whole. No, I, I I think seeing I like your point, right? Seeing college education as a economically scarce right. thing. Okay. And yeah. then whenever it's no longer scarce, then it's just a it has no value. It's yeah, just, it's it's lost its commodity. So I, th- right? I think with the with the, the techno- advancements in technology that we have now, um, you know, a, a lot of college 40 years ago was different, right? Yeah. Because you, you had to go to the library. You had to have access to the you books. You had to actually go to class. You had to have <laughs> access to the yeah. books. You had to have access to the stuff to learn it. You don't have to have that anymore, YouTube. right? YouTube. Well, YouTube yeah. University. <laughs> it's true. So we have, we have unprecedented access to knowledge, okay, basically anywhere, at any time. Yeah. Yep. Um. I think the most ambitious people in the future are going to do do the best. Okay. Um, okay. So co- back to the college thing, my kids, they're either going to go in the military, they're going to go to college, or they're going to go to some sort of trade school. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 so they're uh, going to uh, go learn something. They're going to learn something. A tradesman, I think, I believe in the future, a tradesman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something yeah. that can't can't be replaced by AI. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. An electrician, plumber. a plumber, AC an, dude, H- HVAC guy. Roofers. Yeah. Right, so oh, any any of those yeah don't any, do that hardcore yeah, no <laughs> any of those skilled those, those skilled individuals with a little bit of business background or thought are going to do better than lawyers and doctors and yeah. and so on and so forth right yeah um so that that's kind of where I'm at my kids there is a you know I, I love them to death. Me personally, I'm pushing them more towards the, the trades. trades. Yeah, there was a um, fucking great South Park episode last week that came out, and it was a whole paradigm shift of the white collar world and the blue collar world. Like all the tradespeople became a white collar because AI replaced everything else. So <laughs> yeah. they, they ended up bankrolling and driving Benzes. Oh my and, god! And everybody's like, "There's picket lines of people are like." <laughs> Hey man, will you come plumb my toilet? Or will you will you finish my electricity? Like there's you know that you have the day laborers that used to wait at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. You can pick them up. Well, the the day laborers are now all the white collar lawyers and attorneys <laughs> that are sitting there looking for a for a plumber to come through or an electrician. Hey man, I'll give you five hundred bucks <laughs> to wire my light in. No, it's you're true. right though. You're right. There's it a paradigm true. shift happening. Well, and- think about the schools nowadays. Like I grew up in my last year of high school was the last year that they were offering. Uh, automotive class and shop class and metalworking and woodworking. And so like from my point on, I graduated in 2008. I don't think there's any of that going on in schools anymore that I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I I, I think it's a valid point. They're pushing for, they want you to go to school to be, you know, there was this doctor and, and his fridge broke. And so he called, called the guy to come out and fix it. And, and so broke out to work that I don't know. It just broke. And and went off to work and the freezer the guy frozen. came out. No, it was, it was actually the fridge. Air hole. <laughs> yeah, it was a fridge. And and he came out and fixed it. And then he got home, and you know the bill was on the door. Like the doc wasn't even there whenever the guy fixed the fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, bill was on the door, and so he, he looked at it and he called him up. And he was like, "What the fuck? It's a new you know, fridge. It was ten ten grand." And and he's like, "Yeah, that, you know, it's like." I used to be a doctor too, but I decided to go into fridges. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's there's something to be said for yeah. like trades. Yeah. Well, I don't know I mean, if y'all caught that, killing. but the doc he's talking about. Oh yeah, no, we <laughs> <is> got himself. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge, the knowledge is money. Yeah. So, so so you still tell your kids to learn a skill. Yeah, right? you got to learn something. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and let's let's go back to the the state of the education system right now. So, oh. my, my my kids went to this um, elementary school in one of the most prestigious neighborhoods in Fort Worth. Okay, it, it's yeah. uh, the, the the neighborhood is called Monticello. It's in seven six one zero seven zip code, and the school they went to um, is was called North High Mount, and it, it it's a it's a cute little school. Um, the principal when we started going there, I was in the National Guard with the principal, so so I knew him. I believed in him. Yeah. Good, you know, good ethics background. I, I worked with the guy in, in, in the military, right? Um, every morning, um, what they would do is they'd bring three students in, into the principal's office every, every single morning and let those three students help with the morning announcements. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the school year, every student in the, in the school had an opportunity to go into the to the office help in the morning, the announcements. help with it. And, and you guys yeah. remember being in kindergarten in first grade, oh, right? It was a big deal. Like, yeah. like yeah. The, the, the morning announcements were magical, it was right? right? Yeah. You know, there's a little person in this box and they're talking to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it, it's, it's amazing. Well, at the end, they had a little script that they would read and the principal would ask them, well, one of the questions that they would, the principal would ask at the end of this process to each student is, when, when you graduate, what college... Do you want to go to, and what oh. problem? What problem are you going to solve? Mm. So oh. they're they're yeah doing, yeah they're doing this pre K through fifth. So they're indoctrinating these kids in pre K that you have to go to college. Yeah. Okay. And I personally, I have a big problem with that. I I, I, I feel you. I, I think that I'm 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 probably more successful than a lot of people that went to college. Yeah. Um. They're indoctrinating our kids into this thought pattern to, that you have to you have to do good in school so you can get into a good college. Why do you want right. to get into a good college so you have this prestige so you can get a good what job? A good job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you want to get a good job. Why do you want a good job? So you, you can be so you a, can be happy. You can be a high earner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're telling me in pre K for the rest of my life, my ability to earn income is going to be tied to how many hours in the day I can work. Mm. That's a bad mm. message. Yeah. I think that's a valid point, though. And not only that is yeah. that the other message is you, how th- you can't feel like you're ever really going to contribute or be a problem solver unless you get uh, a college degree. Right. right. Like you're not worthy until you've crossed that threshold. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good message. But in reality, you don't actually have to go anywhere. You yeah. don't have to go to trade school. You don't have to go to college. No, you don't. Right? You can put your boot on the ground and figure out how to earn a living. You can flip burgers for 15 an hour and save money for five years. Yeah, but, I mean, but I'm saying not condoning that, but you yeah, can. right. It's but maybe you do that for two years, but, but you can like, there's, there's hope minus institutional education. I mean, like right? union workers, man, if you're get in with like, as an apprentice, you can yeah. work your way up. You make 50, mm-hmm. 60, 70 bucks an hour, even more. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. depends. But what you trade. don't even have to do that. You can actually just make money from the market, from the real estate market. Yeah, you could also do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not that easy. Like, you have to figure it out. Yeah, you, you have to figure it out. Yeah. Right. It, it's a grind. It's Ebbs a process. and flows, just like any other thing else. Man, I really yeah, feel yeah. like Matt should run for public office or I something. I think so, too. Uh, he'd be a great elected official. Just don't run against J.D. Clark. No, we like that guy. Is he coming on? At some point, yes. <laughs> we gotta get he keeps saying he is, so it's time to. Oh man, time to put up or shut up, Mister. Come Clark. on, dude, Judge Clark. Yeah. Um, um, I think my point with the investment scams. I don't know if y'all have anything to contribute as far as personal 
tales of trying to be ripped off? Look, if you guys out there, y'all go to these classes, they, they have these free seminars and stuff. Here, here's what's going to happen. You're going to sit there for three or four hours. It's going to yeah. sound great. It's going to sound awesome. And then they're going to say, okay, this weekend we're having this special deal. And it's... Uh, hundred tickets only. Yeah, it's it, it's $3,500. But yeah. you know what? If you sign up right now, we'll let you bring somebody for free. Mm. And then if you go to that $3,500 seminar, what happens is they... they go into a little bit more depth of what they covered in the free free shit over those two days. At the end of that two days, they try to sell you a mentoring package between twenty and forty thousand dollars. Right? <laughs> People that, pay it. That's what happens. People so really pay it. You guys don't don't fall for that. If it's too good to sound, if it if it sounds too good to be true, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. You know. And don't ever buy into time timeshares. Just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> just, just say no to timeshares. <laughs> you know, what, whatever you want to do, whatever if you if it's real estate, if it's stocks, whatever it is. Figure out what what a, a good, solid, reasonable average return is right. in, in, in that area, and and shoot for that. You okay. know, if, if there's an anomaly and somebody's promising you eighty percent return mm. in a year, mm. man, and, it, and it's completely legal for them to rip you off. I but think. but it's okay to walk into a place like to commit to a fixer upper to walk into the place, smell the cat shit, and be like, money. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna fix this shit up. Okay. Well, you yeah. make your money on the buy, so you don't want to overpay for it. Okay. So if you smell cat shit, you shouldn't overpay for it. Don't overpay for cat right? shit. Right? But maybe if you do, like you're not going to overpay for it, it's okay to commit to the project, right? To commit you have to, to commit. the place. You have to. You yeah. have to do. And, and to say, I'm going to fix this shit up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to start there. Yeah, That's okay, got, too. You don't have to somewhere. go to a meeting. You get what you give, baby. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love it. That's it. I think my message just was uh, be, be careful, too. Like, align yourself with yeah. people that are trustworthy and knowledge. And, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to look stupid because there's snake oil salesmen at, at every juncture. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And then make use of your friends, right? Yeah, make use. Of, I mean, why have friends if you can't use them? Yeah, you right. don't know what you don't know, so you ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Bottom line. Ask stupid questions. Ask the questions. Don't like, be scared. What do you think and about it, this, Heath? And, yeah. And, yeah. And eventually, as uh, my wife's dad, the late great David Gower, would put it, we all have to pay a stupid tax at some point. We're all gonna oh, we're man. all gonna make a Dude, dumb decision yeah. or screw up. Just hope it's not a too big Period. of a stupid tax. The idiot tax. Right. The stupid tax exists, and you're gonna run into it at some point. But again, it's don't ask. I mean, don't be afraid to ask questions. I think and and align yourself with people that that know or have been through it and uh yeah yeah keep calm invest in real estate boom i feel like that could be on a shirt i think we should put it on a shirt (laughs) (laughs) whiskey bros around the table on the card is that the name of our podcast that or analysis paralysis i like that one we'll figure it out we'll we'll hash it out after uh after we wrap this up but i'm i'm done talking yeah, it's a good episode. Any yeah, final I points? We, I think we covered everything we wanted to. Don't let your tenants cook chicken at uh, <laughs> 7 a.m. <laughs> Is that how the fire happened? One of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the day that, the day this guy was getting served a writ of possession by the constable, that morning, apparently, he was cooking French fries and hot dogs at 6 a.m., yeah. And uh, <laughs> somehow like the the propane tank exploded. Sounds like a wholesome breakfast. Oh, That's what yeah. I would want at six yeah. a.m. But <laughs> here's what's interesting about that story, Sean. Remember, they were supposed to be out by six p.m. that day, right? And mm, at six, 6 a.m. it caught on fire. Well, it burned, and um, fire department showed up, and we went in with the fire department. Nothing was packed. Not a single thing was packed. But 
their 85-inch flat-screen TV. Somehow or another oh, was the only thing that was removed from their house. Wow. Oh, oh, and their renter's insurance had just clicked over, like had just been <laughs> added like two days prior. Yeah. I think I, if I read right, they walked with like 80 on the deal. Yeah, wow. they, they burned our house down and walked away with 80 grand, and we got nothing. Shit yeah. sandwich. Wait a minute. So if you rent. No, don't get any ideas down there. Burn the house down. <laughs> You get you, you you get money. Call, Calling out my insurance. Well, hey, <laughs> premium tomorrow. Up it. Here's a tip for you. What I learned about about arson through all this. Yeah. It's if you take responsibility for it, it's not arson. Mm. It was an accident. Accident. It, yeah. <laughs> and accidents are wow. what we have insurance yeah. for. So you right. can you can. I'm ac- sensing a business opportunity. Mm. <laughs> you can you can yeah. accidentally <laughs> drop a pan of of burning grease on the floor. And burn the place down as long as it's an accident. Yeah. Mm. So and still capitalize on renter's insurance. And mm-hmm. you get to take your TVs out before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're smart TVs, man. They know where to get up and leave the house whenever it's burning down. They booted it. Hey, uh, don't answer your phone tonight. <laughs> yeah. Wait till uh, wait till Monday night so I can uh, you know up the uh, premium a little bit. Yeah. If we're gonna benefit from this, let's benefit from this. Well, we're putting it on, and we're, we're gonna we're, knock this half of the or the next yeah, part of the. Cut this off. We're gonna cut podcast. this part off. Yeah, my my Roomba was humping my television, and so like mm-hmm. I got mo- I got mobile televisions. You know those Roombas, those I robots, they need loving too. Somebody's yeah. got to blow those robots. It's Somebody. true. <laughs> we'll be the smart TV. Yep. And on that note, yep. Good way to end it. I like that tequila. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's okay. good. Feels good. I have to get you some. Ghost. Ghost. I'll find it. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. You a great convo. Lots of knowledge. Hopefully, you know, our 14 or 15 followers learned something. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel <laughs> no, like I think so... we're up to like 19 now. Cool. Yeah, we're, oh, man, we're knocking on 20's door. I can't wait. I just yeah. feel like there's so much more we could have covered because, man, this is oh. such an in-depth topic. Yeah, it's, you right. just scratch How long do you think we've been talking for? It feels like an hour. Hour and a half? Two hours and 19 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's a good it, one. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes yeah. by. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It I, goes by. I'm Time still, do fly. You know, like 91 episodes in, I'm still kind of surprised <laughs> by that. You're inflating your assets, sir. <laughs> wait till uh, wait till you have April on this thing. She'll fucking... Oh, yeah. Run. We got to get her oh, on here. Uh, she'll blow your mind on some stuff. Almost okay. your wife, but y'all technically are not married yet. We're uh, life partners. Okay. Y'all are shacking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, know, I like uh, it. What is, I know tantric yoga is one thing. Matt's, uh, uh, Matt knows all about tantric yoga. Uh, what, she's into like chakras and, and what a... What yeah, do you dude, let's get spirit. her on. She does it all. She does kundalini yoga. Kundalini, oh, okay. She encompasses all of that stuff. Okay. It's pretty interesting. Let's get her on. Interesting. Seriously. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get with you and, and find out like the right questions to ask because I have No, I got them. I don't I know. got them. Okay. All yeah. right. Well it'll yeah, be documentation. She'll make you bring do her. some stuff on the podcast too. She'll Doc, make have you okay. ever done white tantric yoga? I mean I've heard of it. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times. Really? It's Doc intense. is our friend that you go on vacation with him and you might wake up to go sit on the porch at seven AM and have a nice cup of coffee and he's out there start naked doing yoga. <laughs> it's true. That's good. It happens. Yeah. Use a sheepskin. Yeah, that's yeah, no. Actually, I uh, I do no. He's yoga. start naked. He uses the foreskin. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wondering what happened to the hot dogs. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> right. Uh, oh man. All right. Well, thanks everybody. It's been a great episode. Yeah. And, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Oh. Good night.
been listening to the Whiskey Bros Around the Table.